Welcome to the Legend of Zelda Games Club, of course, from Super NPC Radio. This is your bi-monthly book club style episode in the year 2021, where your favorite buds from the Super NPC Radio tune Linkiverse get together to discuss nearly the entire library of mainline Zelda games. Um, these episodes, if you're listening to them in real time, if you're one of those uh, special few, the DJ Toad tier patrons, you're listening to these as they come out, like I said, every Friday. Uh, and thank you for your support. There's also a chance that you're listening to this in the far future. Uh, and by that, I mean probably close to December when we're going to release these for free for everybody to listen to because uh, we think we're having a ton of fun and we want to get them in more years. Um, I couldn't do this alone. Um, I, today, am joined by four of the the most cartoony pirates uh, you could ever ask for, um, all of which you'll probably know if you listen to my show, Call Me By Your Game. I am Connor McCabe. I don't think I introduced myself yet, but if you've been listening to these, you probably know that. First of which is uh, Paige Elson. Paige, welcome back. Thank you. Happy to be here. Um, we'll probably get into so much stuff but Paige the whole reason I even asked you on my podcast in the first place was I saw you posting about Breath of the Wild and yeah. anytime as friends will know if I see you posting about video games uh, I'm probably going to drop into your messages and uh, <laughs> invite you on because I'm like there's a chance they like games even if this is the first one but um, yeah but it's good to see you again, Paige. Uh, people probably know you from that previous show, but you're a writer, you're an actor, you're just an overall talent in Los Angeles. Um, oh but is there anything you wanted to share about yourself before we introduce anybody else? Oh my gosh, sharing? Um, okay. <laughs> well, I love Zelda, and I'm happy that you did drop into my inbox. Sweet. Um, Wind Waker is the best. And I also host a podcast called this is a moment if anybody yeah. likes pop culture stuff <laughs> i love it you i think dropped that like a week after you came on my show it was like the perfect yeah. promo time it was meant to be <laughs> yes it really was um we'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes um but feel free to bring it up as much as you'd like on the show just to remind the listener that they should definitely <laughs> tune in um, it's a great show and one of my favorite social media follows for sure. Thank um, you. <laughs> we're also joined by uh, the earliest guest out of these four, at least on my show, uh, Eddie Martin. Welcome back. Hey, but glad to be here. But you're not alone in your little window there. So we're also going to introduce Stephanie Martin at the same time. Stephanie, hello. Hello. You two are like, uh, you're the you're the Lincoln Tetra of this one. You're, you're together on this <laughs> ship. It. And you're not getting separated until uh, I decide the podcast is over. And then you can <laughs> right. do whatever you want. There but, you go. But Tetra doesn't have to take a back seat for the rest of the pod, right? Like, Correct. Kind of what happens in the game. <laughs> yeah, we're sort of doing like our own uh, remake where we're going to give her as much agency as Link and she doesn't, you know, lose her tan and just become uh, <laughs> Princess Zelda hiding uh, in the castle. Um, but welcome back, my two good friends. Of course, Eddie's one of my oldest friends. The person I bring up on my shows the most because it's just I've got too many video game memories tied to you. Right. Stephanie, I met you through Eddie uh, probably quite soon after you started dating, but you're married now. You two have an awesome Twitch channel, um, Normcore Gaming, and also Steph Babies. But is there anything you want to share about yourselves or uh, anything that we should know about you that I didn't already just divulge? Well, Stephanie's a Zelda master. She's played all nope, the games. Nope. This is I've true. I've played exactly 
1.9. I, <laughs> I am the least qualified to be here. Well, you finished a tough one. A Link to the Past is a really difficult one to go back to. It was. And I completely took advantage of the switch, rewind, and save states and such. But you know oh, what? Good. That's there. It's not cheating. It's not cheating if it's there. <laughs> it's not. You should enjoy the game the way that you want to. And I'm really proud of you. Uh, uh, so you've played, I know, Link to the Past. You've played as much of this game as one could. Um, Eddie, you've played many Zelda games in your life. Uh, is, is there is there one you haven't played? Have you played the first two mm-hmm. on the NES? Yeah. Yes, I have. Wow. Even those ones? My goodness. They're like Lucas and, and uh, the wizard. Where he's like, go ahead and play any game. I, my parents have all 500 of them or whatever. <laughs> With the power glove. I'm going to be honest, didn't know we were going to have a wizard reference today. <laughs> but it is a video game Five podcast. minutes in and we already have a wizard reference. I don't know if that's a new record or what. Um, it, I'm sure it's been d- done a little earlier before, but uh, so glad to have you two back um, for for this podcast. I've uh, been talking to you about this for a while, so I'm excited. And of course, last but not least, a super NPC radio favorite, an old stalwart who's even on a show on the network before even myself, Michael McCaller. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Connor. You're so gosh darn I don't know welcome. why I said that like semi-sarcastically. I didn't know. <laughs> you know, Michael, I, again, you're the Ganon of the episode. We need someone to, if they're going to be nice and respectful to me, we need someone to just make me, you know, um, keep keep myself in check. How about that? You're right. No, that's a good call, you little twerp. Oh, thank you. That really feels good to hear that. Um, you're the resident evil. You're the resident resident evil uh, person on every show, That's um, true. but you do like yourself some other games. You're a writer. You're working on a fantastic uh, audio podcast. I guess that's what most podcasts are right now. <laughs> but um, what do you want people to know about you, Mr. McCaller? Uh, th- that's the end of the question. Um, yeah, I am a uh, writer, podcaster. Um, like you said, Resident Evil super fan. Uh, I have 3,500 second favorite games and a bunch <laughs> of Zeldas clumped together in that list. Um, I'm officially able to talk about this because by the time this episode launches, the trailer will be up. I am just starting a podcast. Yeah. Uh, with my friend Roxy Pokes about horror movies called Scary Basement. Oh, it's happening. It's happening. Oh, Roxy, friend of the, friend of the show, of course. Yep, yeah, she's been on this show as well. Uh, her and I go into a scary basement that's full of uh, monsters and every every horror thing that's ever existed, and we have to watch a horror movie and review it. So it's, it's still Great. just uh, the thing that podcasts are about. And it's um, called Scary Basement, you said. Scary Basement. It should be, by the time you are listening to this, available on every podcasting service that has ever existed. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> We've got so many podcasts for people to listen to that aren't even video game related now. This is perfect. <laughs> Uh, thank you to both both Paige and Mikey for that. Um, uh, I don't know if I have even introduced the game that we're discussing today, but just in case it's not clear by the title or you didn't read it, you just you're a patron who just rushed to listen to it. We're discussing uh, the 10th installment in the Legend of Zelda series, and that is The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker, which I'll be honest, until this playthrough, I would have I'd never thought that there was a the in front of i always just say wind waker any <gasps> any big the fans out there i didn't realize either yeah and now we know now you're never never going to be able to see it the same way
<laughs> All right, so just getting in a little quick overview of this game, um, uh, as I do on these shows, I've got some broad strokes to prepare that we can jump in and, and discuss at any point. So I'll just kick that off for us now. Uh, the Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, is the 10th mainline game in the Legend of Zelda series and first developed and published uh, for the Nintendo GameCube. Um, it is also the first to feature the cel-shaded cartoon style uh, and introduced our hero known as Toon Link. Um, its reveal was met with uh, furor from many Zelda fans who were hoping for the promise established in a Space World video featuring a gritty and realistic fight between Link and Ganon that was supposed to show off the power of the GameCube. Um, this is something that is always brought up about this game. There was a video shown at Space World 2000 showing a really cool, realistic uh, fight between like a like what you would expect coming off of Ocarina for Link and Ganon, like a GameCube uh, level graphics version. So people were expecting that. But what we ended up getting <laughs> revealed at, I think uh, it was 2000, I've got it in the notes later, was the Toon Link uh, art style, the cell shaded nature of it, which is now, you know, well, I'm sure we're going to talk about that a lot. It's loved, but does, I want to know, does anyone remember this going down? I think a couple of you may have been too young to remember this happening in the year 2000, but I, Eddie, I'll ask you first because we would have been uh, spending all of our time together. I don't remember the controversy nor how I felt. Can you recall anything for either of us, like, do you remember me ranting about it or not? Yeah, we lost our shit about that video, dude. We, it was, it was, <laughs> I knew he'd be reliable. I knew he could tell. Yeah, us. it was. We we saw. We didn't see the video like live or anything because that was before YouTube. But yeah, in the Nintendo Power, there are screenshots of it. There's a yes. screenshot of Link, and there was the the screenshot of him like fighting a Stalfos or something. Mm. Um, and that was uh, we we looked at it together and we we're like. Dude, the next Zelda is going to look like this. We were Zelda super fans at that point. We yeah. loved Ocarina and Majora, so that's Did, that was my memory of that. Did, were you and, were you pro or con? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Do you remember? Because you're such a better, reliable narrator than me. I can like go to you for things, and you're like, Connor, this is how you reacted to this. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, are you, are we talking about the the tune link, the tune style? Yeah, or the, that specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, I I remember being surprised by it, and you were you were just excited to play Zelda, so I don't think okay. you really cared either mm. way. You bought that game as soon as you could, so. Yes, I did. Uh, well, okay. Thank you for bringing me back. Um, because I genuinely couldn't remember what my reaction was. I assumed I maybe reacted negatively, but I know I loved it, so. That's good to know I'm on the right side of history. <laughs> As always, listener, um, don't hold me to that. I'll probably fuck up later today. Um, uh, McCaller, were you a Zelda fan at all at this time? Do you remember this event happening? I was, and I had missed out. I didn't like Zelda at all mm -hmm. until like maybe halfway through like the, the window between Ocarina and Majora's Mask was when I first played any Zelda game. Oh, nice. And I always thought of Zelda as like a grown-up game somehow. Uh -huh. Like I was too young to play and understand it. And I think I was right. Because <laughs> I still, <laughs> even playing this one, there were times when I was like, I'm too dumb for this. I don't know what <laughs> is expected of me. I felt like the same themes. way at points. But yeah. so um, Majora's Mask was kind of like, at the end of the N64, it was like, sort of uh it felt like it, it didn't feel like an event to me somehow mm -hmm. wind waker was the first one that was like okay i know and love zelda this is the one for me and when i saw those graphics i thought i was dreaming 
<laughs> like I couldn't, that makes it, it sense. didn't seem real. And I felt like I was being pranked somehow. Um, I don't remember specific negative feelings, but I wouldn't have been shocked. Like had Twitter existed if I had gone on a Twitter rant. Yeah. Like I feel like I was that kind of kid yeah. <laughs> growing up in video game culture in that time. Yeah. I think I would have been really angry and I might've tagged as many developers as I could think. That's of. so like, funny. It, you know, we're also, I'm realizing that we're, we have, um, departed the age where we can be like, wow, I'm really glad that Twitter wasn't around during that time because Twitter has uh -huh. been around since 2009. So we're like, yep. there's only so many years we can look back and reminisce <laughs> and be thankful. Um, yeah. Okay, McCaller, uh, Paige, were you, I know you played video games at this time, but were mm -hmm. you into Zelda at all? Is that, Was this even on your radar? No, it was not. I played Zelda like a couple years later. But oh. if I'm if I'm getting this straight, the GameCube was out in the year 2000. It came out in 2001. Okay. So like wow. a year and a half after they did this big preview, like, hey, this is coming for our new console. Okay, I'm. I feel like I was always behind in um, consoles and technology. I probably mm -hmm. got my GameCube in 2003 or okay. something. Interesting. Um, but I want to know why they released a video. Like, why did they do that? Why would you set yourself up for a failure? You set an expectation mm -hmm. and then you go, just kidding, cartoon link. Like, I like it. I don't like the way it looks, but it's kind of dumb to be like, ooh, high graphics, cool fight scene to note, very cartoony. Like, this is so right. Yeah. The most 100% idiot. <laughs> yeah. And this sort of thing still happens today that I feel I. And anyone feel free to jump in, but I believe why um, publishers and developers will do this is because they want to show off uh, and get people excited for their new console. And they might make like a, it's what truly was just like a little movie. It wasn't a playable demo. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that you saw like, um, like the uh, buttons on the screen and what they were mapped to. Um, yeah, I think that's, and they've done this since then. They did this after, I think after Skyward Sword, like when the Wii U was coming out, there was another like just video demo of Link fighting some big spider. Yes. You remember that, Mike? I do. I remember that it was like the first HD Zelda we ever got. Yes. And that came and went. Yeah. Because I guess that wasn't so different than what Breath of the Wild ended up when they eventually revealed it. Yeah. It reminded me so much of Twilight Princess, which had already been out for like almost 10 years at that point, <laughs> I want to say. Well, maybe less than that. But yeah, so fair question, Paige. Um, uh, so uh, the game itself was released in Japan in 2002 and in North America of uh, March of 2003 and Europe in May of 2003. So probably right around when you got your, at least the same year Paige would have gotten her GameCube. Um, <laughs> this is the one, as we've already talked about it a little bit, um, known for Link sailing a boat across the, van, the, the vast landscape of the Great Sea. The whole map is water, with the exception of a few little islands uh, that you can visit. The story follows our hero as he sets out to save his sister, Errol, from a giant bird, uh, ends up teaming up with Tetra and her band of pirates, and ultimately gets roped into saving the world and defeating the Demon King, who has returned to power, Ganondorf. Um, uh, we'll get... We'll, spend plenty of time on the story um later this is a story that like for me has just only like risen up the ranks of my favorite zelda stories i think it's really strong um it received 
critical acclaim for its art style, music, story, and gameplay, and has become a beloved entry in the franchise, but like all Zelda games, has its detractors for the empty seeming world, low amount of traditional content like dungeons, and a lower bar of difficulty. Um, but truly, like, I can look at any, even my most favorite, the top of my list, Zelda games, and there's like, it, they all have like their own strange flaws. Um, like even Breath of the Wild, I think you could be like, fairly be like i wish we had more traditional dungeons or i missed the upgradable item the like items you find in a dungeon or whatever but you know to each their own um a handful of games including two direct sequels have adopted the charming art style that's phantom hourglass and spirit tracks both for the ds um uh, since this game released and toon link was even included as a playable character in super smash brothers brawl um which is pretty neat uh, any sort of like broad strokes that you all wanted to uh, touch on again before we like really dive in or anything you're like, we haven't talked to like at least previewed this yet. As far as the game itself, I mean, uh, there's a lot of details, but I'm sure we'll cover that as we get into this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then why don't why don't I transition us into uh, uh, the develop the game history and context and we'll start with development all right so yeah we're we'll get into the development um which is always fun for me to dive into for these games um we got to talk about a little bit of what led up to the game with the whole Space World video and the realistic Link and Ganon that we discussed. Um, but Nintendo's team uh, had initiated plans for a new game early in the development of the GameCube system before Majora's Mask was even completed for the N64. And that also actually came out in 2000. Uh, Eiji Anima, director of Majora's Mask, uh, returned to direct this project. Um, he, however, was... It's strange. I was after finishing Wii, the Wii U version yesterday, um, and have we all played that version? No. No, you just, I did. You've just played the GameCube version, Paige. Yes. Okay, gotcha. They, there is. We'll we'll talk about the the remake that they did, the the HD remaster, which is a really wonderful game. There's probably some stuff in the version you played that you're gonna be both thrilled to hear they did, but bummed it wasn't in your version because they. They just improved some stuff significantly. Um, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to be like a conservative thinking about student loan forgiveness and like, right. if it, I had to work that hard to get the Triforce. <laughs> why didn't these other brats? <laughs> no, I'm definitely, I'm going to play again though. Yeah, and yeah. try to do the Wii U version. That do Wii U have a version Wii U is a, a true game changer. <gasps> yeah. It's awesome. really, really worth it. Uh, I didn't know. Well, hey. <laughs> Now, now you'll know, and you'll you'll appreciate it even more. Um, <laughs> but um, early, uh, well, oh, what I was going to say was that uh, Aonuma, who's like the main producer of the series now, is listed as the producer mm -hmm. in the Wii U version. So someone else must have just like done whatever slight adjustments was credited as the director for that. Um, Shigeru Miyamoto and Takashi Tezuka served as producers on the original version of The Wind Waker. Uh, and early concepts generally followed 
Ocarina of Time's designs with graphics enhanced for the new system's capabilities. And we've already talked about the uh, the video, so we won't really need to get into that too much right now. Um, but that's the th- one thing I do want to touch on. And if anybody has anything to say, uh, please do. But that's such like a you can still see, I think, like the Ocarina bones in this game or the traditional Zelda like format where it's um, you. It, this one is slightly pared down, but it's like you go through your first few dungeons, you then get the master sword, you go out and do the rest of the dungeons, maybe one big side quest to do the get the Triforce, and then you're off to fight Ganon. And while this is its own original game, it still very much holds that structure. Um, does anybody have any opinions on that? Because I think it works well for this game, but I'm really glad they're, they've strayed from it <laughs> lately, like especially with Breath of the Wild. I would say this one feels more open world than most Zeldas uh, in the sense of you have the whole ocean and you could sail anywhere. Whereas in Ocarina, you could go wherever, but a lot of Mm -hmm. places were closed off until you got certain items. And that is the case in this game too, but it does feel a little bit more open world and bigger. Mm -hmm. I had that same thought. I was kind of, uh, as I was playing it, I was like, oh, this feels a little bit like baby's first breath of the wild. Right. Yeah. Could go anywhere. And it like, you could find weird little surprises anywhere, but they, it was so pared back that I was like, okay, this actually works better for me. Like I, I don't, I felt overwhelmed by choice in Breath of the Wild. Right. So yeah, it was really nice. felt good to be sailing. Yes. There is a freedom you feel when you're sailing across the ocean. (laughs) And I think, I think, yeah, Wind Waker and Breath of the Wild are my two favorites, but Mm. I, I was scared that because Breath of the Wild was so open. I was like, I'm not gonna know what to do but um <laughs> but yeah i think i do like that wind waker level of it's open but there's still like clear steps to everything you're doing yeah it also i do appreciate um that if it's as open as you want it to be um unless you forget what you're doing or like you miss a line right. of text that tells you where to go or you just don't remember or it's or it's cryptic Um, you do like, cause I, having done my playthrough over about a month, I did some side stuff, but near the end I was like, well, I kind of got to finish this bad boy. And so I just was like, ignored a lot of it. And you can do that if you'd like. Um, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, that is, that's so, that's totally true. Um, the design ended up uh, stemming from a design manager, Satoru Takizawa, who drew up an enemy, uh, oh no, sorry, he drew up an enemy Moblin, but Yoshiki Haruhana created a cartoonish drawing of Link. So that's where this art style sort of uh, jumped off from. Um, and they ended up, you know, to achieve this look, they ended up using cell shading on these 3D models, which we've discussed a little bit about, which it's just, it it has aged really well mm-hmm. and I think it looks beautiful today. Um, and so does the Wii U version. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what else do I really want to share about this? Um, uh, the reveal, we talked about the reveal a little bit. We, we mostly were talking about the space world video, but when this reveal happened, as we were discussing earlier, there was an enormous backlash to it, mm-hmm. as we said, because there was this expectation of having this big, my dark adult Zelda. And there were a lot of people who were like, this isn't Zelda. Zelda's not 
cartoony. And it's like, well, Zelda kind of did begin in that area. So who's to really say um, what it was like? It does feel like the first game where they had the technology to decide what it would be. Like yes. with the M64, yeah. right. that's all you could do was throw a dirt texture yeah. on a cube and hope <laughs> right. it looked like ground. Yes, <laughs> totally. And you were, you know, I'm, there's a ton of room for creativity with like the Super Nintendo sprite work. But even that, you know, you are more limited to what you could do on like this GameCube PS2 era. Um, eventually, um, at E3 2002, um, there was a, a playable demo of the game. And that's when people finally started to come around to the idea of this instead of being so focused on their disappointment of the art style, they got to finally uh, use Link and run around and, and engage in the combat, which is, I think, a, a really a really strong strength of the game. And the reception started to already, before the game even came out, um, started to already change, which is, you know, good, good for the game. Um, development continued through late 2002 with targeted release dates of December in Japan and early 2003 in North America. Uh, And during the final stages, two dungeons that fell behind schedule were cut and replaced with a quest to recover Triforce pieces around the Great Sea. Um, Elements of these dungeons were recycled for later games. I'm sure we're going to talk about the Triforce quest and we're all going to have the space to express what we need to about it um, uh, as if we're in therapy. But I did want to touch on that really quick because this game is very much tied into the fortune of the GameCube. Uh, the GameCube, for those of us who don't know, um, had a really tough start. Uh, it's, they had a it's it's kind of strange looking back because I really feel like their first year's lineup, even just through like it came out in November, I think November eighteenth, two thousand one. So it was right before the holidays. Mm. The lineup of games. At launch was okay. They had like Luigi's Mansion. I want to say Rogue Squadron was there. They eventually That's got tricky boy. Tricky. They got <laughs> Tony Hawk Three. Super Bowl? Super Monkey Ball. Ball. Um, Monkey yes. Ball. And then I think so. I don't know. Oh yeah, Monkey Ball was there, baby. Was it there? Okay. Um, <laughs> and then in the big the big seller was of course uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee, which was a yes. de- early December release. Um, still an iconic game. But for whatever reason, the GameCube sales were really struggling through that first year all the way into 2002. Some of you may know that Super Mario Sunshine uh, was released in like, I think like August that year in in North America. And that game was rushed too. Um, That's why that's like the glitchiest Mario you will ever play. The one that has, it's got some, like, there's a lot of weird stuff about that game. And because (laughs) they got it out the door, because they're like, we got to get, sell this console otherwise we're in a bad spot similar things sort of happened with wind waker uh is that they were behind schedule they wanted to get the game out by a certain date nowadays nintendo probably like they did with breath of the wild they delayed that thing like three times Uh, and probably for the best but anyway there are a couple dungeons missing from this game um which I don't know about you all, but definitely factors into like my some of my opinions. Um, and uh, on November, on October fifteenth, two thousand two, Nintendo revealed the game's Japanese subtitle "Kaze no Takuto," which stands for "Wind Baton," uh, to emphasize the role of wind in the game. And they announced the English title, "The Wind Waker," uh, in December as well. Um, and 
that's pretty much it for the uh, development leading up to reception. Um, Anybody not get to share something about that that they wanted to or dive into one of those details? I just wanted to ask, did the GameCube come out like the same time as a PlayStation? Like I'm wondering why it didn't do well. It came out actually, I want to say like two days after the Xbox, the OG. The PlayStation came out in October of 2000, so like a year before. But But from what I've... From all of the podcasts I've unfortunately poured over and listened to, the what they seem to remember is that the opening lineup didn't really knock people off their feet. Luigi's Mansion is, you know, now looked back on as like a phenomenal game, but right. people were like, it's like they're not there's no Mario or Zelda launching with this thing, which is pretty unusual. So no like big system seller, right? Even though there were good games. Um now and the Wii U also kind of did the same thing. And that also had really poor sales and was a, you know, it's a really great console. It's just a weird one. Right. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I hope that answers your question. Okay. No, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else? Development and all that jazz? Okay. Um, we'll get into the release and reception um, really quick. Uh, once the game was finally released, it received widespread critical acclaim, uh, review, aggregator, uh, website Metacritic calculated a score of 96 out of 100 based on 80 reviews, indicating universal acclaim. Uh, it was the fourth game to receive a perfect score from the Japanese magazine Famitsu and additionally earned perfect scores from uh, something called computer and video games. Sounds legit. <laughs> um, <laughs> former uh, Game Pro and Nintendo Power and Planet GameCube, which I would love to live on that planet. Um, and it you received- kind of do. I kind of do. I, it's got mine plugged Your in room. over there. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. That's Your what apartment. we should rename this room as Planet Game. Planet Game. <laughs> um, yeah, so when it came out, it was, um, especially by critics, super well-received. They adored it, and fans even ended up really liking it, even though you know maybe they were a little bit ambivalent about the cell-shading graphics that, we've, that we're going <laughs> to talk about a bunch. It... Uh, received comparisons to, you know, the animation of like Disney and Pixar movies and Miyazaki films. Um, And in particular, critics appreciated the character's unique expressiveness, which is uh, (laughs) something we haven't talked about later. But Link is so funny in this game, the way he'll like look around it, like what you need, or he'll just react to things. I never thought about that. When you press up against the wall, he gets this like shifty, like <laughs> cocked eyebrow look that is very cute. Yes, yes his eyebrows and his teeth, and he'll be like, <laughs> "Yes, I made when a he's face." He's like just making that face, like "F my life." He's just right. <laughs> yeah, he and it's funny looking back at the previous uh, console games, and Link is somewhat expressive in Majora and Ocarina, but he's sort of a more of a blank slate. And I think that sort of works for those games. Um, but I think for this one, uh, it this I mean, we'll talk about the story and narrative, but I think it works because this is about a specific kid. It's this one, it while it still feels it's like, oh, you are Link, this one does feel like the most specific um, version that they want you to know who this is. It's not you imprinting yourself on him as much. So... That's just my personal opinion. Um, yeah, I don't know how much we're going to get into this later, but the idea that this kid is specifically not the hero of time, <laughs> that everybody oh, yeah. like keeps yeah. making mention of, it's like, 
he doesn't seem to have anything going for him legendary wise <laughs> at all. No, yeah. Oh, well, uh, I'll I'll be sure to give us plenty of time. We can probably yeah. that too, because that's like such an interesting thing. Um, don't really have too much to say about the release. Uh, it sold well enough for a GameCube game, but like also disappointed a little bit, which is you know that any every title on the GameCube, with very few exceptions, didn't sell very well. Uh, it received many awards, um, in, including uh, like Game of the Year at several publications, including GameSpot, Nintendo Power. Of course, it's Nintendo. What are they going to do? Uh, give <laughs> something else. Um, and uh, it also received IGN's Reader's Choice Award for the best adventure game on the GameCube. Um, yeah, so um, that and of course the, the Wii U release, there's less that I really have to share about that. It was released... In uh, I think 2013, as the first HD remaster with uh, with several notable improvements, such as a shortened Triforce quest. Um, instead of I think in the first game, and you might know, Paige, um, do you have to get a, a chart for every Triforce piece? Do you remember yeah. that at all? Yeah. Okay, so in in the in the HD version. Sometimes you get a chart. Sometimes you just get the piece and you don't have to go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's still a lot, but it cuts it down enough to be noticeable. Um, yeah, that part was long. Yeah. I remember, I kept thinking like, this game is long. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, especially at the end when you're just like ready to do the thing. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it had several notable improvements, um, others of which that we'll talk about uh in the next in the portion we're about to get into the book club but i i think it's like one of the best remakes of of any game let alone a zelda game just because of all the improvements to the issues that i think it had before um it's really really great uh any release and reception stuff you all want to discuss before we actually get into the book club you want to hear the story of how i pre-ordered this game I think we should do that right now because I almost forgot to talk about that because I want to do the same. Go for okay. it. <laughs> um, my mom promised me uh, if I joined a, <laughs> a dance class, she would buy me a PlayStation 2. Oh, my oh. goodness. And it continued. So I did that the first year and then I got a PlayStation 2. And then for the next like dance season, she did the same deal for a GameCube. And oh. my dance studio had what they called a lock-in where like all night they would just like oh. lock everybody together <laughs> and you would all like perform your bits. For, they weren't bits. They were dances. I don't know. <laughs> You've been in comedy too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some people were going up and doing stand-up, which we thought was inappropriate. <laughs> uh, and so I was at this lock-in and it was the first day that GameStop started taking pre-orders and I just mm. gotten my driver's license Wow. So me and the one other dude in my dance class, this dude named David, we were like, we got to go pre-order Zelda. So we like <laughs> snuck out of the lock-in and I drove my grandmother's giant car to GameStop. <laughs> Do you know what car it was? It was a Crown Victoria. Uh, so oh, boy. it's, it's like 1.1 car planes <laughs> wide. Uh, and we drove down and I pre-ordered it and like put the whole dollar amount down because this was the other thing about this was if you pre-ordered this game, you got a disc that had, uh, had the master quest. Yeah. Ocarina of time, 
the Master Quest, and I think Zelda 1 and 2, the NES so, game. So those are actually different promo discs, but it's I've gotten these one. confused before. Um, if you were a Nintendo Power subscriber, the next, I think like in the next fall, like November of 2003, that's when you got that disc, which was Zelda 1, 2, Ocarina, Majora, and a Wind Waker demo um, oh. on the GameCube. Um, but what you got, McCaller, was... a. Uh, just Ocarina, but it also came with the Master Quest. Master Quest, okay. Yes. Um, but, that's uh, incredible. Um, while you're sharing this, McCuller, I totally skipped over it earlier, so I'll just transition to, into this now, which is our personal histories with the game. McCuller, that's when you first pre-ordered the game. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you were looking forward to it. Tell me your history with this game. Uh, yeah, so I pre-ordered it. Uh, on the night of my dance lock-in. Yeah. And, uh, Wait, can I also know why your mom wanted you to dance so bad? Oh, <laughs> were you just talented? I was a, <laughs> if only. Because uh, I was a chubby kid who wasn't getting any exercise. Oh. <laughs> I had to do something. <laughs> I love that it. it was dance, though. Such an expressive yeah. <laughs> uh Yeah, it was pretty cool. I got. I can still do, like, uh, uh, like tap, like, pullbacks. Oh, pretty chill we're gonna have to see this at some point you know this yeah i'll put on a show thank you (laughs) uh yeah i got it the day it came out obviously i had it pre-ordered i got to just go and pick it up and uh i remember going over to a friend of mine's house my first memory of playing this game is in my friend's basement Mm. um and so i must have driven over there and he never had a gamecube so i must have brought over my gamecube and just played my hey, game it's at a perfect his console to lug got around it's got a handle it really is <laughs> for only the tiniest of hands <laughs> <laughs> it is for children to swing around yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i i played through the entire game over like a couple of weeks i remember feeling scared that it was ending too soon oh like because exa- you're exactly right. It has the ocarina bones. It's like there's three temples and then you get the master sword. And this one had like two temples and then uh, they're just giving you the stone. And I was like, yes. uh-oh. Like I remember <laughs> thinking, uh-oh. So I it's beat that game good. very fast yeah. and was sad, but it was like so thrilled by it that um, I want to say I played through it again. Or wow. rather, I know what I did. I started in a second playthrough and got to the Triforce quest and gave up. Nice. I did muscle through it the first time, but the next time, uh uh-uh. You did what you needed to do. Yeah, and then I bought a Wii U for this remake. Oh! Uh, And then proceeded to not play it, as I do with 98% (laughs) of video games I buy. (laughs) Oh my goodness. When did you do this? Like, when it came out? Yeah, so this must have been, like, 2013. Yeah. Um, I picked it up and had it sitting there and tried it for a little bit and got to like the very first dungeon, but it was like, no, 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 I've got other things I need to finish before I really dive into this. And okay. that is a, uh, uh, <laughs> pathology I am still working through. Goodness. <laughs> still do that with every video game. And so, yeah. And you've played it since then though, right? You recently. Yes. And I just recently, uh, borrowed a Wii U cause I, I did that, uh, messed up. When the Switch came out, they were like, hey, trade in your Wii U and you'll get mm-hmm. double the bonus credit. Aw. Huge mistake. Dude, Wii U's are like the best system. That's uh, so really? They're really good. Well, it's the only one that has a virtual console yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's no way to play Donkey Kong 64, which you must. Oh. It's a, a must play. And 
platforms. The I will say not every game works well with the gamepad, but the games where they do have things, even this game where your map is on there the whole time, you can mm-hmm. switch your items out just with a with a press of the index finger or the stylus if you're cultured, which I'm not. Um, <laughs> it's it's really great. I just started Twilight Princess today because um, I'm doing that for our next the next one I'm recording. And same thing. There's like a map or your inventory. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. So you just played through that again. Mm-hmm. First time on the Wii U. Yeah. I just um, borrowed it from uh, a friend of ours uh, who I guess is editing this podcast. Jeremy, Jeremy Schmidt. Hello. <laughs> and I played it in like three days. Like I sat down <gasps> and that was my life. Wow. Oh my what gosh. was it? What was it like doing that? Is <laughs> it too much? Cause you were leaving for your no. trip. It was like kind of refreshing and it oh, makes wow. me want to do that. More. Like, I don't know how you guys play video games. Every time I play a video game, I'm like anxious that I either should be doing something like productive or playing a different video game. (laughs) (laughs) This is a really good answer to just be like, no, you have to do this for a podcast. And so sit down and shut up. And I did. And it was really great. Uh, Yeah. I loved it. I got into a Zelda thing. I played, um, uh, yes. Link's Awakening remake because of it because I just like tumbled in I just was just like I only want to do Zeldas like this now mm-hmm. I only want to play Zeldas that have uh, four to eight dungeons <laughs> like yeah. I need a designed level to work my way through uh, I was actually really proud of myself I was because I was going on this really long train trip just mm-hmm. recently and I was going to buy Skyward Sword yes and I stopped myself because like, no, McCaller, you've still got a sealed Zelda game sitting on your shelf. Play through that first. That felt very good, very disciplined of me. Was that Link's uh, Awakening? That was Link's Awakening. Oh, okay. I bought okay. it like on sale. I was like, is there ago. another one? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Well, well uh, thank you. We're going to get into more stuff you love about the game later, but thank you for sharing about your personal history. Um, Paige, uh, what about your personal history with the game? I, I'd love to hear uh, as much or as little as you'd like to share. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah, I got a GameCube around, I think 2003, maybe 2002. I don't know. But um, I hadn't really played Zelda games before this. Yeah. It always seemed hard to me. And I would watch like other people play. My aunt owned a daycare. So I was always at the daycare yes. and I would watch other kids play and stuff. So like, I kind of like dabbled, but like, I never really played myself, but I yeah got Wind Waker. I can't even remember why. It, <laughs> I probably was drawn to it because of the cartoon, yeah. and I thought it was like, "Ooh, that looks cute." Uh-huh. And my mom got it for me, and um, I loved it. But I also was scared of it, like because I <laughs> I never played like I don't know. That felt more. I don't know, scarier to me because before that I was just playing like Mario or like Smash or like Pokemon Stadium, like the mini games. Like I was playing very like mini game baby land type of things. So this the best land to be in, honestly. (laughs) Almost as good as Planet GameCube. (laughs) Yes. Um, so yeah, when I, you know, had to battle the Bokoblins, I was like, oh my gosh, these (laughs) things are scary. And I would be so freaked out when I made it to the ship to save Aril. Is that your surname? Yeah. Um, and I, like, I liked video games, but I wasn't really that good at them. I didn't get past that part. I didn't save her. 
And the fortress um, is hard. The fortress yeah. is hard, it, especially if you never played a Zelda or like had to do a stealth section that is that like difficult the first time, first few times probably. Uh, that is reasonable. Thank you. Okay, because awesome. I felt dumb. Um, no. But yeah, I would get so freaked out when they would catch me. I was like, ah! I was like, this is too much. I'm freaked out. I can't do it. But um, yeah, and no one, no one could beat it either. Like I would try to have my cousin play. I don't mm-hmm. know. He couldn't do it. I don't think he really cared. But <laughs> I recently replayed it. Like I started it at the like start of 2020. Wow. My uh, boyfriend was replaying it. And I got so excited that he was like, do you just want to play it? And I was like, oh. yes. And so, oh. He's I, he's a good guy. I know this now. Sounds like a yes. <laughs> That's awesome. He's a great guy. And so then I played it. And then, yeah, after I've gotten past that part, I was like, I was nowhere in the game. There's so much more of the game <laughs> left. And I was so disappointed in my child self. I was like, wow, you didn't do anything. But um but yeah, I had so much fun with it. I was like, yeah, this is fun. Um, I love the music. Mm. I love the graphics. Like, I love the water and the islands of it. Like, that's why, like, I'm drawn to games that look aesthetically pleasing, that are, like, yeah. pretty. So Wind Waker is, like, pretty. The music is really fun and pretty to me. And so I had a ton of fun. And I felt really good because that was the first story game I'd beaten. Otherwise, like, that was that was, like, my start of, story games now i'm like into them otherwise before that i wasn't really playing them so wow you know they say you always remember your first and that's a pretty special one yeah wow (laughs) that is so cool and you're it's i for some reason was just assuming you had to have played the wii u one so is that do you still have your gamecube is that your boyfriend's did you get a new one i played on a simulator Oh, nice. You're emulating. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, that. Emulating. <laughs> yeah. Did you, what kind of controller did you use? Uh, a GameCube one. Yeah, he had a GameCube controller. So That's... I played it like I was really playing on a GameCube. What? That's awesome. I, I don't know why, but well, first off, this isn't a GameCube podcast, but I still, <laughs> it's not a perfect controller. It's got its flaws, but I love the GameCube controller. It's... Yeah, me too. I've always loved that. I remember um, Eddie... Uh, got his GameCube like a week before I got mine, but I had bought, it was like right after Christmas and I had bought a controller so I could have a second one at like Target before mine came from like eBay that I ordered. And um, I remember I took it out of the packaging just so I could like hold it at home. And I would like (laughs) love the way it felt and was like, this is so cool. Uh, I'm sure I don't know. Do you remember any of that, Eddie? Did I ever? Yeah, I do. That? <laughs> Definitely. Remember that. I think yeah. you brought it over to my house when I when you first came. Like, oh, that makes house. sense. Uh, yeah. That way we could have an extra controller there. Yeah, I think you brought yeah. it over when when we first got ours, and then we watched the Smash intro, and you said it's like a movie. <laughs> One of the most formative moments of my entire life. <laughs> um, uh, you know, what brief anecdote about that is that I don't know if you've seen it, Eddie, but there's a video at like, I think it was an E3 that they revealed that opening trailer and, but it's a video and you can hear the audience react to everything and they yeah. absolutely lose their shit. And I've yeah. never felt more justified in my life and being like, okay, cool. That whole audience <laughs> lost it. I feel good about this. Um, right. Stephanie, um, this is a new game for you, correct? Oh Yeah. Well, walk us through your your the last few months that you you got that you <laughs> started to play this months. game. Did you play this because I asked you to be on this episode? No. Yes. 
you had started it. I think I might have started it. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, up until we got married, we got married in 2014. The only Zelda games I even knew existed were Link to the Past, Ocarina, and Twilight Princess. I was like, that's it. That's Zelda. Because I only ever (laughs) played like Mario and Pokemon. I'm not... Yeah. Like, this isn't my kind of game, you yeah. know? You're a Halo gal, though. Yes, I'm a first-person shooter. If we can call you a Halo gal. Platformer. Nice. Yeah, yes. so... Wait, is that true or is that a bit? No, it's true. Okay, <laughs> cool. Great, good. It's true. Her episode of Call Me By Your Game was on Halo 3, so you know yeah, it's legit. correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, when... I think when this the remake came out, Eddie got it and he was playing it and he told me this was actually on GameCube. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking it looked super cute. It looked like I could play it because I'm not good at games. <laughs> and so actually in 2016, I did start playing this game. Yeah. Um, I didn't get far and it wasn't, I think I just got bored of it. I don't know what it was, but I just kind of other games to play, you know, Things like we happen. said, <laughs> other games I want to play more. But then now we're here, right? And I streamed Link to the Past because I thought it'd be fun to play Zelda games since I never really had played one. So I'm coming off the Link to the Past high and I'm like, well, I have Wind Waker, so I'll do that one next. And then you asked me, I'm like, okay, well, now I have to stick with it. (laughs) A lot of pressure. Um, And I will say that I'm glad you mentioned the gamepad because ours is broken. Oh the, the cord to charge it I forgot is gone. Our cat chewed it up. Yeah. It's <gasps> long gone. Yeah. Oh, no. So I had I had to use uh the controller. We yes. use controller. Like just can't help. And it was fine, but it it's not as convenient because you do have to pause everything. You can't switch your items as easily, which is a whole thing. But I, wow, I can't yeah. imagine doing it that way now. Yeah. No, it was. I should have beating it back in the day when I had the chance. Yeah, we <laughs> most to... controls on the gamepad are handy when you get used yeah. to them. Like they're not that bad to like aim the boomerang and stuff. Like it's really, like, yeah. it's kind of nice to mm-hmm. hold the gamepad and use the motion controls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I would. Oh, go for it, Steph. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say like I would use it for like slight adjustments when I was aiming. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I got real mm-hmm. close to that enemy, just like a slight twitch of like a couple centimeters, and Thank boom, you. you're right on the money. But what were we gonna say, Steph? Oh, that was that was basically it. So okay. that's when I started playing it. I I was rolling. I enjoyed it. It's funny that you guys say you felt like it wasn't enough because I'm like, this is the mm. right amount of Zelda. <laughs> yes. Like this is it for me. Yeah. And I rage quit twice. Um, and we'll talk more about the Triforce incident. Yes. But <laughs> both times are because of the Triforce. <laughs> but sure. I stopped streaming it when I got to the quest. I thought I was I thought I was done. I thought, cool, we're gonna go fight Ganon. And they're like, actually, you have to find eight pieces. <laughs> yes. And they're all spread out everywhere. And yeah. I just I'm like, we're done streaming this new game. Yeah. And then this date was on my calendar, and I'm thinking, I haven't beaten this game. <laughs> so two nights ago, we fired it up. Got three pieces, turned it off again. Hey, you did. I have not diligence. finished the game. I know how it ends, but yeah, didn't you, finish the game. <laughs> you, for all intents and purposes, finished the game. No, <laughs> no worries whatsoever. Um, you don't have. To, I didn't say well, you want to finish this game and come on the show. True. Uh, you're all, and oh, you're lucky I didn't. Um, but uh, yeah. So, um, and then Eddie, what about your personal history? I don't remember if you played this like around when it came out or not. You brought it over and you were stoked about it. And I remember watching you play and I was like, it looks pretty cool. 
but then I had all the other games I was playing and I never owned it on GameCube. So, you know, back then it was like, unless you own the game, you weren't going to play it, obviously. And I don't think it was one you let me borrow. You might have, and I just never played it. Um, I was clutching it and had my knuckles were white. I was clutching it so hard. Possibly, possibly. But I'm not sure. I wasn't as drawn into it as Mm -hmm. a kid. And then uh, maybe I was just too cool. Who knows? But then when it was on sale on Wii U, it it was on sale for like 20 bucks. And I was like, I can't pass that up. I've always wanted to play this. Mm -hmm. And then I just fell in love with the Wii U version. It was a Christmas break, I think, in 2015. 2016 ish. 20. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I got immersed for like, like McCuller said, like for three days and just hammered mm-hmm. it out. Loved it. I was like, wow. I can't believe I missed out on this. I'm so bummed I didn't play this back on GameCube. This is easily in my top three Zeldas. Like all those emotions. Wow. Were boom. And like, this is perfect. And then, and then Steph got to play it and we just have always had it. And mm-hmm. another reason why the Wii U is awesome, it just lives on the Wii U. We don't even have the disc for it, just is on there. So, mm-hmm. wow. Whatever. That's how I have it on the Wii U too. And it was the same thing. I saw it was on, I had played the GameCube version like a couple years before I got the Wii U one. So I was like, I don't need it. And then I was like, well, it's only 20 bucks. I know. And, <laughs> and eventually. For a masterpiece. Did. Yeah. Um, we said this before on Video Games, a comedy show, $20 for a game. Like if I know of it and don't have active distaste for it, I'll buy any game for yes. $20. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Who cares? Who cares? It's yeah. such an easy price point to be like, oh, this is like an expensive movie down in LA or like food plus tip, like if you go and eat a meal. So yeah, you can do that yep. in your head pretty easy. Get it forever. Um, yeah. Um, as far as me, I like McCaller. This is the game I pre-ordered, and this is the first game I ever pre-ordered. Ooh. Um I was so excited about I mean, I was in Zelda Heaven at this point. Uh, Eddie had introduced me to Ocarina, I think in like 99 or maybe like summer of 2000 i ate it up and then i played majora we got the oracle games i never finished it until recently um but i was ready for wind waker especially being a nintendo power kid although i will say about my pre-order i didn't go i must have pre-ordered it so early that when i finally went to get my bonus from target the disc they were like oh we don't have those anymore so they must have like given my pre-order bonus to somebody else wow (laughs) yeah because i I was remember being pretty annoyed but like didn't know what to to do about it yeah um but i got the game and i don't know if this is me piecing different memories together but i have a memory of getting it and kind of like you mccall or taking it to a friend's house eddie's i think um and playing it over there the first time it's also tied to like the wave bird coming out but then i truly think i am piecing together different um memories of being over there and playing the gamecube that summer um and and spring but i remember just falling in love with this game loved it so much i have this memory of playing this game on a car ride to like a history museum in like the santa cruz area because i had the did anybody else have the little like screen for your gamecube Oh no! I have it. Take right? this puppy on the go if we ever want to take a GameCube anywhere. Oh yeah. my gosh! I didn't know that was a thing. That's incredible technology. It was. <laughs> it was a crappy little screen, but for me, it's it was perfect. Um, it, it, you know, Game Boy Advance was fun to play in the car, but it also didn't have a backlight. It was the darkest mm-hmm. screen of all times. So you couldn't see <laughs> yep. what you're doing. Um. But I, I just remember going to this like 
it was sixth grade. So we were going to this museum about like, like the history of Egypt or something. And so I remember just being there and all I could think about was like using the, I remember I was going through dragon roost Island. And so all I could think about was the, um, the, what's the thing he has? Yeah. The grappling hook, the grappling, the grappling hook, yeah. hook, which was so cool. And I remember my mom being like, what are you doing? Are you like being Spider-Man? And I was like, no, I'm being Link. <laughs> No, even cooler, Mom. Really. Um, and you yeah. still don't know anything about ancient Egypt. Nothing. No, <laughs> I not know that thing. about you. All the times we've gone to trivia together, ancient Egypt comes up. You just start Truly. drooling. I, when I hear the word uh, scarabs, I freeze. Um, but uh, uh, I do remember finishing this game. I think, I believe I finished it on Easter Sunday that year because... Uh, I think I was watching baseball and Rafael Palmero hit his 500th home run or something. I just remember being like rushed over to dinner, but lovely <laughs> game. Um, played it more throughout my life. I remember playing it a few specific summers. I think I've played it like six or seven or eight times by this point. I played the Wii U version um, once uh, until this recent playthrough. And it, for a while was a top like really close to the top of my favorite Zelda lists. Uh, it's dropped a little now it's a It's in the middle of the pack, but, um, but I still love it. And it's one that like, I'm absolutely, I'd like to go back and play it without being, I mean, I say this about every one of these games without being rushed for a podcast. Cause I think I would like to sink into the side content a little more and go to every Island and spend time there. Um, and do all the other side stuff. Uh, anyway, that's it for my personal history. Um, now I'm going to finally uh, transition us to the book club portion. back to the Legend of Zelda Games Club. Of course, here to finally get into the book club portion uh, discussing the Wind Waker. And um, I want to kick off by talking a little bit about the story and the characters. So, McCaller, this is something you sort of started to get us into earlier. Um, the whole idea of Link not necessarily being someone special. Is there anything you wanted to sort of like kick up, kick this little part off with? Yeah, uh the, the the reason I think this story resonates with me so much is that it's kind of a story about stories. Like, I think mm. I kind of need my stories to be, like, up their own ass a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's why The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie, but we can talk about that on I Star do love Wars that. Games Club. Yeah, that'll be on Star Wars Games Club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, this idea that, like, this... A uh, community knows about the hero of time mm -hmm. and he dresses like him, like when you come of age, when you become a man, but like yeah. our, our link kind of hates that mm -hmm. and is like so much more like immediately relatable than like the child of destiny that we've seen in every other Zelda game. Like, yeah. Uh, the idea that he is just a little kid and like, we get to know his family. We know yeah. his sister, his grandma is the best character yeah she's the cutest little Fantastic. shriveled grape i've ever seen <laughs> I, so I will cute. say um 
I, you know, when this game came out, I, I told you I borrowed my grandma's crown Vic yeah. to go buy it. Uh, I was living with my grandma at the time. Oh, wow. And my grandma has since passed away. Oh my gosh. Uh, and so like replaying this, this last time, that grandma oh. made me like heave cry. Like oh, I was like, my little, like not like the tearing up kind of like, like I would have been embarrassed if someone was around to see me kind of cry. Yeah. Cause it was so sweet how she like, yeah. cared about you. And she was just like really worried. And she's like, I kind of always knew you uh-huh. would go. Yeah. Which yeah. is almost exactly what my grandma said to me when I moved to Los Angeles. Oh like, I was just like, couldn't handle that grandma. But like, maybe like, the family like, shield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And whenever and I clicked soup. A by her, she said the same <laughs> line of dialogue over yeah. and over. Well, that soup always, uh, it's the, the, soup. the cartoon food, you know, it looks good. I feel like that's a thing people talk about. But the soup mm. always looks good in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry to distract from that <laughs> but, but that's the kind of thing we wouldn't have gotten if Link was like the chosen one who had been like even just like the one Kokiri who never got a fairy like yeah. he wasn't special he just was a normal kid who was thrust into adventure and that is so intriguing to me mm-hmm. and so like makes me more likely to connect and so it's like I think that's why some of the moments that happen in this story are kind of Ocarina of Time beat for beat, but they like hit me so much harder in this game because I was him. I was the little goofy loser who had a sister and a grandma. You know what I mean? He yeah. was me. Yeah. That is such a good point. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize he's not this grand child. He is, yeah, like a silly boy who's like, ugh, what do I gotta do? And <laughs> and yeah, and I, I really do like that you meet his family on the island. Like even when I was a kid and I was didn't get very far in the game, I was happy just run around the little island. I was like, this is fun. Hey everybody. Yeah. And then yeah, going out and yeah, the the people on the island are very fun. It does make it more relatable. You're like, oh, people I know, not like dreams of grandeur the whole time. Totally. Yeah. yeah. The um, world feels more lived in in this game. Even from yeah. The yeah. Like it seems like the characters have personalities and lives. They have jobs. They're just mm-hmm. living on this island. And Link starts the game sleeping in. He's oversleeping. <laughs> doesn't want to be bothered. Like he's just, he's just yeah, like you guys have said, he's super relatable. It's kind of like, he's just trying to live and he gets kind of thrust into this. It's like, Hey, your sister's kidnapped. Okay. Well, I love my sister. I need to save her. Yeah. Oh, I got to leave town. I guess I got to leave town. And at the beginning of this of game, Link is the, the kid from the comic strip zits. shitty slacker kid who doesn't care slouching all the time (laughs) his parents are just like what's the matter with this boy gosh he and somehow is still not the grossest person on that island because that's where booger kid lives with oh my gosh giant thing hanging out of his nose which i hate it um Um, there, I forgot that later in the game, this is a mandatory thing. You have to at least go into this place. You get the cabana deed from the teacher. 
by giving her an initial <laughs> joy pendants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the pu- slide puzzle you do is a picture of the booger kid on Outside <laughs> Island. Uh, is it? <laughs> I was like, wow, of all the characters in this game, they chose bo- <laughs> booger kid. <laughs> you um, you want to talk about like times I felt like an idiot playing this game? That slide puzzle, I was like, I, I was doing it and I was like, are we sure this is how you get the Triforce piece? And I Googled it and it wasn't. And I was like, goodbye forever. Yep. Call her. <laughs> My brain has no idea how to do those. They're in every game and I never know how to do them. I just, I can do them and I have, but last night I was doing it and I was like, this feels wrong to me. Like, I feel like I'm, this shouldn't be happening. And then sure enough, I was like, oh, there's that thing you throw your grappling hook on. But um, right. back to the... Uh, story and characters yeah it's just I think that is like one of the huge strengths of this game is is you know Link being exactly as we've all described him already is just like not a kid of destiny he's a normal dude who eventually assumes the role by the end of the game and that's it's I feel like in most of the Zelda games again my favorite series of all time when it's at the end of the game and you know you see the Triforce on Link's hand finally it's always cool but this time I almost got like a little choked up because I was like, wow, like he really has had like a journey and gotten here. And the King of Red Lions is, you know, talking to you while it's happening. He's like, wow, you really are the hero of the way you, you'll be known yeah. as the hero of the winds from now on. But mm-hmm. yeah, I dude, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. That's it's, <laughs> that to me justifies how hard the Triforce quest is. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's because like for a normal point. kid to become the hero of time, it's mm-hmm. it's hard. It's really hard. It's why not everybody is the hero of time. It is. Um the and I think in conjunction with this whole this discussion about Link and his character, um, the story of Wind Waker and how we even get here is really interesting and is something I've only grown to appreciate more about the game because this is the first game that I think aside from, you know, being like a direct sequel, like Majora to Ocarina or um, Link's Awakening to Link to the Past, whatever. Up to this point, there's, it doesn't seem like there was any thought put into like the lore and the actual history of Zelda, the, whatever's going on in Zelda in the game. But mm-hmm. the timeline is not a thing at this point. That would come eight years later. But they are literally telling you the story of the hero of time defeating Ganon and then... So it's the first one that like they it seems like they have that lore and timeline in mind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you learn that, you know, the hero of time defeated him, but then and every there was peace throughout the land, but then Ganon rose up again and a hero never came, which is why, you know, we eventually learned that the gods decided to flood the land so that he couldn't get the Triforce. Um, that was something that like I don't think at the time I even remotely cared about or thought was interesting but now i'm like wow that is so cool and i feel like it has a weight i feel like every game now has that lore in mind but this is the first time did anyone have any thoughts about that at all flooding of the lands feels biblical (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah it does like i don't know the way you just like i knew that happened but the way you just retold it i was like wow they made it feel very like yeah, Ganon is the devil. They mm-hmm. had to get rid of everything. And then you had to start a new world. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was like, wow, very biblical. But uh, yeah. <laughs> it does feel like, yeah, more major. Like, I don't know. Every it, I agree. I agree every, with everything, Connor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can, we, uh, can we talk Ganon right now or is that for later? Let's do it. Let's get into it. 
the fleshing out of Ganon as a character has never been done before until this game. He has mm-hmm. motives and Ooh. personality in Ocarina to an extent, but he's just a bad dude who's from the Gerudo clan who wants to just take over. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's unhinged in that game. He is so unhinged that he turns into a beast at the end of Ocarina of Time. Yes. But in this game, he's older, he's more reflective, he's been through this before, and he's mm-hmm. like, all right, I can't seem to win or get the Triforce. I'm going to get ahead of this. I'm going to capture every female that looks like Zelda, like young young woman, and take them to my fortress. I'm going to get her ahead of time. And then eventually the hero will show up and I'll deal with him too. But he's he's like thoughtful. And even his dialogue is like, he even mentions that. He's like, I've, d- I've done this and it hasn't worked. And uh, and then he mocks Link, says your gods betrayed you, all these mm-hmm. things. Like there's n- There's a next level of development for Ganon that we hadn't seen yet. Which is really cool. This is the first one that kind of gives him a reason to be angry too. Like right. specifically talking about how he's from the Gerudo clan, which is a desert. Mm-hmm. And when you flood the world, it destroys the desert. Like <laughs> there's no Gerudos in this game. Exactly. Right? They wiped his people off. Um, which to be fair, his fault. <laughs> it was an, an A to B sort of situation in terms of that. But like uh, it was the first time that like I kind of felt for Ganon. Like, I was like, yeah, that's a reasonable, this game is so smart in that, like, it has this one core conceit and everything logically is flowing from it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, just the fact that we saw so many mountains in Ocarina of Time that of course there are high mountain peaks that became islands. Like, it just, you don't realize until like the big reveal halfway through, like, I wasn't even missing like the kingdom of Hyrule. Right. But oh, yeah. why wasn't I? Like, why wasn't I thinking, like, why doesn't this take place in Hyrule? Mm-hmm. And the answer is because it was buried. Like, it's that's there. Such... It's just under, it's under all yeah, the ocean. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's around. Yeah. yeah. Hearing, um, especially at the end of the game, he's got a few really fantastic scenes in this game. And, and yeah, it is really cool to see, like you were saying, Eddie, he's not unhinged anymore. He's, like, really calculated and he's he's very very smart. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's also like that almost makes him scarier in this yeah. game to me in, in a sense. Um, but you get to see him in a few really wonderful scenes, uh, and he almost seems like he doesn't move a lot. So you, I, it's hard right. to tell up until a certain point. Like, is this guy like on his last legs or his bones about to just shatter? Like, how old is this dude? Yeah, he's been around for at least a hundred years because this is the same. Ganon, this is not the same link. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting sealed. Yeah, he's got this like um, resentment and this like hot anger for this lineage that keeps defeating him. Um, and for him, it's like the last draw. But he's got some wonderful scenes, like I've said three times now. And especially at the end of the game, when you're on top of his tower and he's talking to you. And like you said, Macaulay's walking you through like how you the gods betrayed Link, how his land and people were wiped out, how now he has got you where he wants you and he's going to take care of you. He's frightening. And he also, when he suddenly attacks Link, it really catches me off guard and you see his face animate really for the first time. Yeah. It's pretty scary. And he just punches the shit out of him. (laughs) (laughs) He kicks his ass. Um, But yeah. Um, Sort of leading into uh, the, as we're still talking about the story, because I still feel like we have a little to get into, um, the King of Red Lions, which is a character and is also, also as we learn, is revealed later to be uh, the King of Hyrule, King Daphne's Nohansen Hyrule. Uh, 
any like initial King of Red Lions or or the King thoughts anyone wants to share? Did you see oh. it coming, Steph? No. <laughs> it's a oh, good Steph. one. Steph, did you know that this character was going to turn into a character you'd never met before? <laughs> no clue. No idea. <laughs> I, so surprised. I don't even know if as a kid that I was like, is this boat going to be someone? I was just like, this boat just talks. This boat that's talks. Right. Yeah, like that's pretty yeah. cool. Why not? Yeah. yeah, of all the things they chose to justify. <laughs> the, the, the talking boat, we were all on board with. The, the king is interesting and, and I'm still not totally sure if I understand how it works because he seems like a ghost or like a spirit. Right. And that's how he also operates the King of Red Lions. But then at the end of the game, he's the one who, you know, after Ganon makes it come together, he touches the Triforce and wishes to flood Hyrule. Uh, he yeah. makes that big choice and for them to, you know, move on and find a, a, a new future and a new land. But um, yeah, I, I I don't understand how it works. Is it, does anyone know how to walk me through it or is it just kind of confusing? I always assumed it was like the sages in Ocarina. Like they could okay. interact with Link in the Sacred Realm. And I think yes. that technically that Ganon fight takes place in the Sacred Realm. Mm, okay. Yeah, okay. that's, that's at least how I see I like, it. I like that explanation a lot. <laughs> I was going to say that it felt like they needed to get the game out. And yeah. it was like, <laughs> it's time for the ending. And the king is here. Yeah. Um, but uh, I love the boat and the king of red lines in this game. Yeah. I He's one of my favorite sidekicks, which is, you know, just such a, a recurring theme in these games. Anybody else like him or anything about the boat? Yeah. I was, oh, go ahead. <gasps> you hate him? I wasn't a fan. That's fine. That's fine. He's so fun. What's so like he was like a doing a lot of like Link. What are you doing here? We have to go find the sale. <laughs> like true. I know, dude, but I'm learning about the teacher and her joy pendants. Yeah, I'm trying to talk up this hot teacher real quick. Let me get to. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get laid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he, like all Zelda characters does. You will hear hear from him. You'll you'll be minding your own business and suddenly hear. Hey, and just be yeah. like, what is that noise? Um, Paige, I feel like you were going to share uh, something about him. Um, well, I was going to say, I feel like he gave the most insight, though, mm. like com- like for being one of those little, hey, remember the mission oh, kind yes. of characters. Yeah. Because like in Ocarina of Time, Navi was just like, hey, <laughs> and then like was barely saying things. And I'm like, what? What yes. do I, what? So uh, the <laughs> King of Red Lines, I felt like I would be like, oh, yeah. Like if I ever forgot or if I was like coming back on and I kind of forgot what I was doing, mm-hmm. he actually would remind me. And I was like, oh, oh. Okay, yes. OK. Like, I don't know. Or maybe I just maybe I was playing it more like intensely. So all I needed was his voice. And I remembered. No, but- right. I was playing <laughs> it very soft. I was playing it like a coward. <laughs> <laughs> He was. He was like the chaperone I needed. I felt yeah. better knowing he was there because half the time yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but he knows what I'm doing. Yeah, let me know. And so yes. that's okay. <laughs> it is cool to have like in a story that is so like ephemeral. Like you have to get the pearls, and then the pearls lead to the tower. It's like why? Why is that? Like it's right. really nice to have a character with you the entire time. Yeah, it's just like don't worry, just go get the pearls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You also. <laughs> Uh, literally do not leave this boat uh, except when you get to like an island like you yeah. you don't with you know a couple exceptions where the game like shoots you in a cannon or the pearl explodes sending you to the tower of the gods once it 
shows up, you are always with him going to and from everywhere. And there was something about that this time. It's the first time I ever like really appreciated that and liked it. I was like, I got my buddy and I just love sailing as much as it gets a little old, but with the swift sail, which, uh, Paige, you don't, I don't know if you even know this, like got the swift sail in the GameCube. I don't think it existed. It wasn't but in the it's a, you can uh, sail in the Wii U version page that uh, I think goes at like double the speed and wherever, after you use it, wherever you turn, the wind just stays at your back. So you, you don't, don't even have to keep playing the thing. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I liked when you, when you mastered the little like tornado-y yeah. thingies. Mm-hmm. You could warp. That yeah. was so clutch. Very important. <laughs> I did not get the swift sail. Yes. Oh, no? No, I tried and I just, I don't know if I was doing it wrong or what, but I was over the auction. Like, what? It's Steph, fine. You're justified. <laughs> I had the same experience recently. All the guides online were saying, hey, if you just go back, get, like start an auction and leave and come back or like the day changes, you'll get there eventually. No, I had to like win <laughs> everything to get to it but i don't know if that's how it was for me before I, yeah i don't know i just after five or so auctions i was like i've had enough yeah. and in the moment i thought sailing's relaxing it's not a big deal but then come triforce quest time i'm like oh mm. man yeah. <laughs> um um uh zelda is a character in this game isn't that a funny fun Yay. surprise My yeah um, it I love yes, this the first half of, of the game. Yes. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So you meet this pirate at the beginning of the game named Tetra, who shows up on your island and in fact is the reason that Errol, your sister, gets kidnapped because the Helmrock King, the big bird that you fight eventually, Aries. is chasing after her because, you know, as as I think McCaller told us, Ganon has this like decree out to like get all the blonde girls with pointy ears. And mm-hmm. So eventually you meet this girl. I, I'm i sure, I don't know if it was a surprise to anyone because it probably seems pretty obvious, but I still loved loved it. It was kind of cool because you could always tell she knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. I so remember being surprised by it. Yeah. Oh, cool. I love that. Yeah. There was a, if you go into her quarters, you could see some Triforce stuff in there. So it kind of it kind of hints at the fact that she's Zelda. Um, right. But this character has so much sass, mm-hmm. just so much personality. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she's in charge of all these pirates. <laughs> like mm-hmm. she's just she's badass. And I feel yeah. like that's the common theme among all like those main characters in this game is that they have personality. Yeah. They're yes. actually relatable for once. And like <laughs> as much as Zelda looks cool in Twilight Princess, she has no personality in that game, like mm-hmm. at all. Right. Like she, we barely get her in that game. Yeah. Like like her design is great in that game. It's I don't I don't remember what she was doing in Twilight Princess at all. She she's drops not- a sword. Yeah, it's not really not cool a, scene. She's not oh, so she's like that kind of girl who's like really clumsy. <laughs> wow. She's, yeah, she's written as hot but doesn't know it. You know, we call her. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah I did she, love this pirate version, and it makes her very active. Like, mm-hmm. well, uh, for the first half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It was cool to be like, what Zelda was like this badass pirate that was like, listen up. Because yeah. otherwise, like she's always powerful, but she's always like, "Oh, Link! Oh no!" Yeah. And so it is fun seeing her as this crazy pirate. Also, love that you brought up that she loses her tan. Like, yes. Which yeah. it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't realize until you said it, and it's uh, that's upsetting. Comes pale. Yeah. 
but there's a she's also not afraid to give link shit which is one of my favorite things mm-hmm. to do. like she talks crap to link uh and then she puts that little stone in his pocket to communicate with him yes. one of my favorite moments in the game is he's kind of standing there all of a sudden it goes off and he goes but his like reaction of, ah! like, he's sweet. <laughs> so good I do. Yes. I think that's right when you get in the Forsaken Fortress. Yeah, in the Fortress. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The first time. Um, gosh, Zelda. Yeah, she's she's wonderful, and I'm so glad that she has a big role in that fight at the end. Which Zelda? I mean, I think yeah. throughout the series will is often involved, but uh, she's it's shooting the light yeah. arrows. Oh, I will say about that final fight, doing it last night. She really takes her time. Um, so she only shoots light arrows. Like it's, it's time. So you almost have to like stun him Mm -hmm. at the right time. Um, she's not going to like shoot him when you stun him. It's time to upgrade her magic power. You know what? Maybe that's what it is. Thank you. McCuller. She was (laughs) stuck in a basement for half the game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the, in the, in the, uh, spirit of moving on to other discussions about the game, I did just, we can jump on this at any point, but I just, I do love the world and like the character design and all of the other characters that have personality. We've been talking about so many characters that we love, but I think there's so many, like in, in previous Zelda games, you've got your individual models that are that are made. You've got the Kaku lady who ends up being Anju in Majora's Mask. You've got the old lady who runs the potion shop. You've got specific people, but this one felt like, they were all vi- like part partly to the point of feeling like a lived in world. It really does feel like these are people living their lives uh, through even on their disparate islands all the mm-hmm. way out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sort of want to get into the art style uh, and the design and lighting. Now we can talk about both versions, but does anybody have a particular opinion on the way this game looks? Yeah, it makes me want to draw again. Oh, like it looks so good and crisp and clean. Like it made me like itch to get my old uh, Wacom tablet out and start uh, (laughs) going to town. I love that. And I think it that uh, does kind of give it a wider appeal. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think that is what drew me to the game when I was a kid, when I had the GameCube. Like I think... Uh, you know, when you get sort of like Disney Pixar-ish, like you open it up to other people that are like, oh, well, wait, what's this game? Um, so I I mean, you know, the game, I guess, didn't do amazingly well, but, you know, now it's a classic. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I think that, I don't know, broadens sort of the audience for it. I'm so glad you're on this episode specifically, Paige, because you're like who they wanted. Like you're the reason, yeah. <laughs> like you're kind of the reason all of the my people my age were angry. Right. But it's like, that's the payoff. It's that people yes. who maybe wouldn't have been into this game before right. fell in love with it. So it's so cool that you like had that exact experience <laughs> that they were hoping for. Thank you. Yeah, they got me. Gotcha. <laughs> Way to be a consumer. <laughs> I'd say aesthetically, just the impact of the wind on the art style. So oh, even yeah. the puffy clouds look like little wind wisps when yes. they blow up. Yeah. And like there's a lot of swirls. There's a lot of just mm-hmm. different, the, the wind itself being just an undertone throughout the whole game is really cool as a piece of art. It's just mm-hmm. like, 
this influences everything. Yeah. It's so yeah. distinct and recognizable even still. It's not just like any other cartoon. I'm like, oh, wait, like that's I know what that is. You know, it's yes. always going to be associated with this game. Absolutely. And to its testament, I mean, they've like stuck with this art style for two direct sequels. And Link, as I've already said, Toon Link is in Smash. And mm-hmm. it's it's an art style that they continue to come back to. So it, now it feels like there's the Toon Link art style and then there's whatever the main line Zelda art style is. I, I know there's right. like the link between worlds sort of yeah. generic looking link. There's there's now the um like toyetic uh like yeah. Like oh yeah. Island of Misfit right. Toys link. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it's expanded to a wide variety of looks, but yeah, this design while as we've already chronicled was um, met with uh, criticism at first is now loved um mm-hmm. and hearing you say mccaller you want to it like makes you want to draw more uh look what i was drawing earlier today i, started, oh, oh. Like, <laughs> I was at work bored and i started doing that Beautiful. um but yeah and i think it holds up really well this isn't like an original idea i've had but it's almost like instead of trying to make it look the most realistic especially back in the year 2002 2003 just making a specific cartoony art style i think uh is going to help it continue to age well um yeah you know, throughout the years timeless it's a timeless look yeah that is so true because when you look at old games that tried to look real and the graphics are just horrible yeah. they yeah they age weird but when Not you do when you do go for the cartoon look, it's like, well, it's a cartoon. Like it's, you're never going to yeah. really yeah. go wrong with it. Totally. Um, at this point, I also want to talk about briefly, like the differences between the GameCube and the Wii U look there. I feel like at first glance, you might not necessarily notice it, but the Wii U version, they added a lot of like incredible lighting effects, which I, for the longest time I've been saying on stream, like I prefer the uh the gamecube look because i do really love the cell shading because it feels like it's like painted on to the characters <laughs> whereas the wii u version feels like they're sort of like clay models almost oh I okay i don't dislike it at all i just think i like the gamecube yeah. version better um but the when the hd version does add a lot to it to where it's hard not to like with the lighting and the shade Very pretty. anybody uh, especially the people who've um, maybe seen both versions, maybe McCall or any personal opinion on the differences or any takeaways? I actually, um, once I beat it, started a GDQ, uh, Games Done Quick has a speed run of uh, Wind Waker 100%. Oh my goodness. And they were playing it on the GameCube. And it's very much one of those, like, it's always kind of a bummer to me about like, it's not like you get a new HD TV and you're like really excited because it looks so great. It's just right. like that just becomes the new normal and then you just can't go backwards. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, so it was like, in my head, the GameCube version looks beautiful. And then I played the Wii U version. I was like, this looks beautiful. And then immediately going right back and seeing what the GameCube version looked like, I threw up. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sad to hear that. Was it, so was it like grainy? Were they, it also maybe had to do with, here's here's one thing. As someone who has a CRT TV that you can all see mm-hmm. behind me, that's oh. what I play old games on. Oh, um nice. Playing, like putting Wind Waker on that, it looks gorgeous, but putting anything on the GameCube on my computer, even with like the, Mm. I have like a solid setup of like uh, converter boxes, it still doesn't look great. So 
I'm holding that out hope. Was probably that, what was going on. Yeah, that's just me they had they to, had to HDMI it through a bunch of connections to get it onto a stream. So okay, I assume that was it. But yeah, yeah rough times. It looks it still looks good on CRT. You say? Oh, it looks really great. Okay, yeah. Or, or another example is that a game I've been toying around with the Star Fox Adventures looks pretty okay. Have you played that one, Paige? Which is um, yeah. I I mean. Yeah, no, you know. it's, it's also basically <laughs> so a Zelda embarrassed. Game. Yeah, <laughs> I it's wasn't good at it, so I was like, I mean, oh. kind of. <laughs> hey, you're all good. It's it's also a, like it's a Zelda game just with Star Fox. Um, right. but uh, it looks really mediocre on my monitor, but on that thing, it's like everything is beautiful. I like see. I'm like, it's like the best thing a GameCube can offer. Um, maybe not the difference in the art style, but um. Eddie, do you have anything, any like personal opinions or takeaways for the, just the look of the game? I think the the HD version is gorgeous. I mm-hmm. thought that when I got the game. I still think it now. I think it looks fantastic. It's I think it's going to hold up for decades. That's from, yeah. a, from an aesthetic standpoint. It's just a, like we said, it's a timeless look. Yeah, and Steph, being new to the game, anything you really thought about it? Oh, I just love it. Like I, I mean, I think I said that already. I mm-hmm. I love the style of it. Um, granted, the only other Zelda I played as Link to the Past, so yeah. such a significant difference. <laughs> um, I don't think it's fair to compare them, but I I love the style. I think that it's super cute and it looks really mm. good. I have never seen what the GameCube version looks like, so now I'm going to go look. Now I'm interested. <laughs> Only do it if you had some bad seafood and need to get it out of your belly. <laughs> I need to get it out of my system. Wow. Okay, noted, noted. Hey, that's that's my that's my Ganon right there. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, it's trying to get Link and Zelda to throw up. <laughs> That's his end game. There, Nothing else has worked. You don't see Link puke once in this game. He doesn't get seasick once out there. Yeah, that's part uh, of the cut content. Uh, uh, now that makes me even more mad that they rushed this game. Um, Does it kind of look like how, like, I played the new, the re-release of Link's Awakening. Is it kind of like how that looks all pretty now, but the old one was like... It's no. hard to say because <laughs> that one is a bigger. Never like mind. That's, that's like they remade it, like oh. like made new models and everything. Okay. This okay. one is just like it feels like a real nice crisping up. Everything feels okay. sharper. Like the, I don't know, the colors are more vibrant. Yeah. Um, Got it. Okay. And then yeah, it, I always noticed it when he would like get a key or something. There would be like light coming out of the key, and those were the times when I was like. This light bloom looks kind of gross. It's not uh, cell shade anymore. That's when he starts to turn into uh, weird. He gets 3D for just like a second, that <laughs> he reverts back. Sorry, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's like putting on 3D glasses in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Eight. It just like pops out at you, and then you take them off, and you're back. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, with the sort of flowing from the art style, we've talked. We got to talk about a lot about the characters in this game. But the the comedy and the character expression are two things that I I like never focus on because I feel like there's so many other things to discuss or to like think about when you, when this game comes to mind. But Link's different looks. Eddie, you were brought up the point where he like yelps when Zelda <laughs> when Tetra freaks him out. Yeah. Um, there's so many just like comedy moments. Any moments that um, any maybe Eddie any that stuck out to you or anything you wanted to bring up about that. I'll never, I, I always love, you beat a boss and he starts jumping up and down like a giddy little kid. <laughs> yeah. 
happy celebrating yeah. like no other links do that like in ocarina of time you just stand there all stoic all heroic yeah in this game, the boss he's like yeah i did it he's like hopping in place and like the camera like zooms out and like it's like fading the music's playing and he's still dancing he's still jumping up and down it's so great yeah that is so true wow i love that i do too what about you, McCaller? You're a, you're like you like a good laugh, a good uh, a good uh, funny thing. I'm a big silly guy, <laughs> and uh, my favorite comedy guy is uh, it, you can totally skip it the entire game. I played it like a thousand times. There's like in the very first town you go to, you can find a a, a battleship game, yes. and it's a yeah. it's a dude who hates his job who is running this booth and you can see it like he's dead on the inside. And then when you give him money to play the game, he like sighs and pulls up a painting, like a SpongeBob SquarePants, like Admiral (laughs) painting Mm -hmm. and sticks his head through. And he's like, he knows he has to perform. I did an escape room just the other day for the first time in (laughs) you know a year and a half. And the dude who was running it had to do it. He had to like, it was like a Harry Potter themed one. So he had to put on a little wizard hat. He was like, here's my magic uh, quest for you. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you are the battleship guy. And then (laughs) when you're playing the game, his, his noises, when it's sploosh, sploosh, boom. I always wondered like, is that, like his favorite part is that him making those it has to be him yeah. making those noises yeah that's that's him <laughs> because he gets into the into the kabooms when you hit him mm-hmm. um that is a he's really happy it's almost over maybe he's like, <laughs> yeah. like that's when he's like oh yeah. maybe i can end my shift soon yeah totally. that's true um, uh in the gdq run i was watching they had to do that part a certain number of times to like for the speed run to like get enough rupees oh so he kept saying like we have to win this round otherwise we have to come back later and that'll cost us time. So it was like a really high stakes version of Sploosh wow. that was, uh, had me on the edge of my seat folks. <laughs> Dang that one. It, it is hard. Cause you get like 20. I did it the other night. I was like, I'm just going to do this thing before, instead of going off to do whatever I wanted. And you only get like 20 shots to, I think land, I think nine. Cause I think there's three squids because you're the the battleships are squids. There's one that's four long, three long, and two long. So it's it's kind of difficult. Um, it's completely random where they are. Yeah, it's like the speedrunner. When a speedrunner doesn't know something, then that was the game designer yeah. just like messing around. Truly, the one I ended up do like winning. They were all next to each other, like clumped oh, yeah. up. It was a miracle. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but that that part is um is so dang funny. Uh. The, there's obviously an easy classic moment before you get shot into the Forsaken Fortress where they're counting down three, two, one, and the camera just like goes in, yes. in, in, and his face is changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> um, uh, Steph or Paige, is there any like comedic moments that you remember or just, or not even moments, just like little things that he would do that you thought were funny? Uh. I don't, I mean, other than, I like the squoosh guy too. Yeah, um, he's great. <laughs> I really enjoy like character wise, like Tetra's crewmates, especially early on when you first like are on the ship. They, yeah. They're yes. funny. They're so funny. <laughs> I totally agree. I always think of the guy who um, is supposed to be like guarding something in a chest. What yeah. is it that you're getting? I, I don't remember. Th- what do you get? Um... I have no yeah, idea. you get something important from him. Yeah, 
Oh, oh bombs, right. bombs. Okay, yeah. And yeah, he's maybe. just like, yeah, you're never gonna get pissed. And like, it's just like <laughs> talking all this mess. <laughs> Yeah. That guy like goes through an arc. He like wants you to be his friend. And it's like, when you leave, he's just like, man, I've been missing you. Right. <laughs> come back and here you are, but you still won't beat me. Uh huh. Yeah. I always think about him. He's silly. And then I always think about like the little, little kid gang. That's like, hang me in. Like, who are yes. you? Like, <laughs> Because I'm like, who are these kids? Um, I love love how after you finish this, because I just played this the other night, after you finish that quest with the teacher and you give her the joy pendants, you get your the deed or whatever mm-hmm. she tells you to tell tell the kids hello and i'm like you're you're their teacher you should, <laughs> right. like, you should be seeing them again before i see them again like this is the worst teacher has no control of this class whatsoever she really does not no, no. <laughs> they're those boys are so funny the way they sort of saunter around you they like circle you they're mm. definitely <laughs> Like reminiscent and pulling from the bombers in Majora's Mask. There's like yeah. a gang of little boys in in Clocktown, and these are very similar energy. Um, and uh, but these guys, yeah, are just like actively walking around <laughs> you and and shit talking you and the teacher. Um, I, they I are, will say it's uh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please. Uh, I do love how quickly they turn from like, we're badasses. And then they go hide and you find them. They're like, well, now we got to get a present for our teacher. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like they too go through an arc. Somehow. Right? <laughs> totally. Why? And I just like completely <laughs> bought it. I was like, you're right. Yeah. Now that I'm in charge, you're damn right. You have to get her a present. You're good Gosh. kids now. Um. Even I would say even like aside from, I'm sure we could think about countless moments. There's the guy who teaches you the song of passing, who's like an Elvis guy by the grave, who's oh, always yeah. dancing. Yeah. He's funny. There's so so many characters. Of course, Tingle is also in this game. This is a second game, Tingle. And Tingle's a requirement for the main quest in this game. You have yeah. to take your Triforce or your charts, and he, you have to pay him like ninety eight rupees a piece Ugh. to do these things. So annoying, having to get money bad. all the time. Hey, this man. Yeah. That was kind of how I ended up playing this game accidentally more open than I think it was intended because I remembered mm. how bad the Triforce stuff was. And I also felt like I was just constantly looking for rupees. Mm-hmm. So like at the very beginning of the game, I like ground out rupees. Nice. And I went and like, as soon as they gave me the option, I went and got all of my C chart filled out. Like I just spent an hour and a half sailing nice. all around Talking Once I got the, the fast guy. sale, that was when I went and found all the fish guys. And because you're there, it's easy to like scope out what everything is. So I like got my magic and my money upgraded a lot really Ooh. fast. Like up in oh, the wow. top. I have a so question. By the end of the game, I had just like 6,000 rupees just hanging out in my wallet. <laughs> okay, that was my question. I didn't remember how much you could upgrade because I only ever got the wallet that lets you have 1,000. 5,000 might be the top. Okay. Um, um, interesting. Yeah. And then where do you get the second magic upgrade? Is it at like a fairy place or is it somewhere else? Yes, it is. It I is. think they're all at fairy places. Okay. I missed one of those. Those are really- take a stab. It might be the one that you have to like warp into with the cyclone. Oh, okay. There's at least one of those, maybe two. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, those are, that's a fun, such a fun thing. Um, when you're out on the great sea, which like we've talked about a little bit, I do love sailing. I love jumping. 
in the boat, you can hit, especially when there are waves and you can hit one right at the crest and you just like soar for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, finding those big ferry upgrades out there. uh, I didn't even care that it was so easy that I was upgrading. (laughs) Like, you know, sometimes I feel like in a game, you're like, I really want to earn something here. I was like, yeah, I went through a hole in the ground by this like (laughs) seashell shaped thing. And they gave me more arrows. Good. Gosh. Did you play mode, Connor? Last question. No, I did. I did the um, the the plus mode, which I don't even know what you call it, where you just wear the pajamas after um, you beat it once. But no, I heard hero mode is hard. Actually, difficult because there's no hearts. Like you have to use oh. potions. Wow. Like, there's no hearts like in grass or anything. Oh, I would get hard. You got to be stocked up on potions. Wow. Gosh. Interesting. Yeah. That's hard. That sounds like a challenge I'm not ready to face. <laughs> yeah. If it ever comes out on Switch, that's like, you maybe just Ooh. sold it to me on Switch. This yeah. seems like a great game for Switch because if you could take it on the go and like, oh yeah, around a little bit, put it down and like come back later, it feels like it should. It's made for the Switch. Yeah. There. Yeah. Are they gonna do it? I think that either. I think that there's still a chance they would do that later this year for the 35th anniversary, but they haven't announced anything, but there's still time or they're saving it for a rainy day fund when they like need to release something. They could do a trilogy with all three of them. They could do do a a re-release of uh, this game of Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks and put it all on the switch. That would be interesting to put. Yo, I tried on, on Jeremy's Wii U. I tried uh, Spirit Tracks. Oh, yeah. It's not a playable game if it's not on the <laughs> Nintendo DS. I've heard I don't the think same. that game should exist outside of the DS. I've heard unless about it issues. is a ground up remake, and they're like, "Here are controls that work." Yeah, I've, I've heard Hard the same times. similar things for different reasons about Phantom Hourglass. There's some stuff that you just can't really do on the Wii U that is really difficult. Um, I love that game though; it's so fun. <laughs> I love Phantom uh, Hourglass, dude. I'm I started it the other day, but I haven't. I don't think I'm actually going to have time for it. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about the music. I adore the music in this game. It's got this like Celtic feel to it. There's, um, I wish I had the ability to just play you all music through here, but also where time is short anyway. But any any tunes that stick out to you? I know I've got a few that are uh, near to me, of course. McCuller, what about you? Um, I actually just, um, I was talking about a train trip I just took. I was uh, mm-hmm. visiting a friend in Portland and we drove up to Seattle to see another friend oh. who lives up there. And uh, damn, dude, I played that Wind Waker sailing theme when we were on the highway <laughs> oh, <laughs> driving wow. for like two and a half hours. <laughs> oh, and yeah. it felt powerful. <laughs> I felt like I was on a glorious quest that I had a sense of purpose. <laughs> and really, I was going to eat cheeseburgers with a friend from college. <laughs> that sounds like it was not- to me. <laughs> it's a quest. <laughs> it very much was a quest. That's so fun. It's cool. That's awesome. Any, Paige, any that you might remember or any areas that you liked the music from that come to mind? I just always what immediately pops up in my head is just when he's on that island, his home island, that thing, that's the like, dun, 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 that like little, that Yes, thing. it's like bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. I'm going to do that for all the tunes we bring up. I'm going to okay. <laughs> do that. But yeah, I love that. Even the opening theme is really great. Just that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah that's what I think of when I think of this game. It's yeah. Just, oh, it's like, here we go. It's a beat. It's light. 
I like it. I love that the opening theme is the two songs from Makar and Medley, like mm-hmm. mixed together. Yes. Yes. Like it, they both play in that overture. It's so cool. I don't even think I've thought about that before. I know. Wow. I, didn't, I, I was nodding my head as though I knew that. I yeah. <laughs> Same here. I decided to admit that mid nod. Next time you play, you'll notice that. Um, I think my favorite is the Dragon Roost theme. I think it's the best. Mm, yeah. It's like it sounds very like it's, it sounds very high fantasy. Yeah, that but one like, is like ascended from this game to be like an all-time Nintendo yeah. song by so this good. point. Um, the even the like there's the there's the big hits, a lot of the ones we've named, but even just playing through the game, I like really lo- ended up liking a lot of the uh, the like dungeon stuff that we that you got to hear. The Windfall Island theme is really great. The, the music, um, well, I'm That's sure cool. go listen to it after this. But the uh, Hyrule Castle theme, dude. Mm. when he actually oh. goes down there and it starts playing the Hyrule Castle theme from Link to the Past and mm-hmm. that became the Hyrule Castle like song for the whole series mm. yeah oh, they, they do a good job like in that one they like pull from the game's history and like mm-hmm. they know where to put the not every track in this has like a hidden nostalgia in it but that one definitely does for yep. sure um, uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about briefly too is that this I don't I bounce back and forth with certain Zelda games on like what what do I really like in a Zelda game and I think I like all of the pieces but the one in this game that I do just wish there was more of are the dungeons. You you technically I could see an argument for like you get it you ha- do have 5. You have the first two, you have Dragon Roost Island, you have the Forest Haven but then the third one is skipped. That's where that's and that's a dungeon they did cut where you get the where you eventually go and see Jaboon, the Jaboon, the big yeah. the the way. Oh. But then you do get to do the Tower of the Gods, so that's great. Right. But in in the second half, there's only two dungeons, and I don't need like Majora's Mask is my favorite game of all time. That only has four. That's one less than this. But I think part of me still would have liked maybe just another one, maybe to have like three and three on the other halves of this game. Were you all satisfied with that? I, I, who was just saying, Steph, was that you earlier? Who was like, this game is enough. Like, this is perfect. <laughs> okay, just cool. a dungeons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because the one where you have to carry medley around, I was yes. just so... I got to watch your stream for that one. I, I remember, remember you being there. Yes. <laughs> so over it. Yeah. Because that, that is a good point. In the second half, for both of those two dungeons, you are working... Um, with a partner, with Medley or Makar, who you you know they end up being this like a sort of like sage figure. Yeah. Um, which now that I know this game so so well, it's very very fun. But I could see I don't remember exactly how you felt having a buddy, but I could see a situation where that would be a burden for someone. Um, Paige, do you remember anything about having to carry them around or how that was for you? Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember how it went for me. I can't remember if I was mad or not. I probably was mad. Usually when I'm playing, I'm like, ah! Like, so. <laughs> Your default is mad? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I get stressed. It's like I'm having fun, but I'm also very stressed. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so it, it takes me a minute. I panic, play a lot, and then I die. And then I have to get calm and figure it out. Um, you go through a full journey there. I do. <laughs> Although now, now I'm better because um, I've I've improved. I've played many a game now, and um, 
And so I'm, I don't get as panicky at the top, but yeah, this, this game, I feel like I was like, cause it was my reintroduction back into gaming. So yes. I'm sure I was stressed out by medley. <laughs> totally. Cause you, you not only have to carry them around and make sure they're safe and they don't get like taken by like a floor master or whatever, right. but you also do, you do the command melody to control them. And mm-hmm. they each have their own abilities, which are f- definitely fun, but um, it there is some finagling you have to do. McCaller, you just played this game. Any opinions on this part? I I actually really liked these parts, but I sure. remember hating it the first time I played it. Okay. I feel like the game doesn't tell you about those like special abilities they have. I think they they like very cryptically uh, hint that you can command them. But like, yeah. I don't even know how, like, the fact that you that can like is. fly as medley. I remember being right. stuck on a puzzle for a long time because I don't remember them telling me that. And at some point, I was just playing as her and started pressing A, <laughs> and got to where I needed to go. <laughs> uh, and the the um, Korak guy, what's his name again? Makar or Makar? Yeah, love him. He he has a similar thing that I again got stuck in that dungeon and found it, and then once I could, uh, he can like fly up, right? Yeah, can, with his little like pinwheel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's cute. It's cute. He uh, he has the ability to like just make trees appear out of the ground. He tosses mm-hmm. a little seed into like <laughs> a soil patch or something and a giant tree like shoots up that has a smiley face on it. I noticed that this time. <laughs> um and Medley, she can hold out her um harp instrument that acts as a second mirror shield basically. Yes. Yeah. Uh I had like a memory and was upset when it didn't happen. But I remembered there being a temple and i must have been thinking of medley i remember there being a temple where link and zelda were running around together and i was like mirror shielding something to her and then zelda was doing it like i was definitely thinking of medley yeah but like dream that how do we have zelda so involved in this game and we start doing partner dungeons and we don't get a zelda partner dungeon wouldn't that have been great if she had like the the third one yeah right give us a basement dungeon (laughs) what was she up to we need that side quest game I want to, uh, Who's playing Twilight Princess? I want to address playing? the dungeon thing because Twilight Princess yeah. is a nice segue. They overcompensated with Twilight Princess. That game has like seventeen dungeons, oh, it does it? <laughs> and like I feel like like it, it, it's a valid criticism to say this game needs more dungeons. But at the same time, it's like ninety five percent of the world is is flooded. Yeah, and like there's not enough room. There's yes. not enough room. Yeah. For dungeons. It's, <laughs> it's also. Um, again, I remember feeling let down. Like I remember being nervous that like, oh, there's just going to be this dungeon and then I'm going to be done with this game. Playing it this time, it does feel almost again to compare it to Breath of the Wild. They sort of slice up a bunch of dungeons into the overworld. Like you could definitely see uh, a dungeon where you get the iron boots, but you go through a little mini quest to go get the iron boots to get into that second temple. I mean, the Triforce quest is a dungeon mm-hmm. and i think it's very cool like to hide a dungeon throughout the overworld sure yeah um, if it were designed huh. better <laughs> uh, yeah but like i i think there is enough to do in this game it's just coming from oak arena where it had such a clear like do three dungeons then do seven dungeons mm-hmm. and like that felt meaty this felt specifically 
unmeaty. <laughs> it's so yes. interesting to hear that because I played backwards. I played Wind Waker mm. and then I played Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And I was, yeah, I was, I'm like Steph. I'm very okay with Wind Waker. I was like, this yeah. is enough. This was good. Uh-huh. This were you like exhausted time. by how many dungeons there were in Ocarina? No, no, I wasn't. I didn't, I don't know. I wasn't thinking in terms of dungeon versus non-dungeons. I was just like, what's the next thing I have to do? Mm -hmm. And let me like complete that task. And so, um, but now hearing you, I'm like, yeah, I guess there aren't really dungeons (laughs) in Wind Waker. And now it's going to be interesting when I replay it because yeah, I've played Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild, and then Link's Awakening. I still obviously have a lot more to play, but because I started with Wind Waker, I wasn't worried about the dungeons. Yeah, and now yeah. I'm like, oh, that is uh, is such a break. That is really different from like the template they've started. You're probably right. It probably is that there's like more than enough stuff to do in this game, but the fact that it sure sets you up to be in the uh, Ocarina of Time process. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Having that history was a burden. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's even hearing you all say this now, I'm like getting almost won over more by the game, by some of the points being made of just like, yeah, it is sort of another dungeon scattered throughout the world. The world's flooded. So the fact that they even find two dungeons in these holes <laughs> on the ground at the end in the second half is crazy. I would say, um, and this also is not origin- an original thought for me, but the Triforce quest, a lot of those moments, you end up going into very similar rooms and doing similar yep. things. I would have just liked if it was varied up a little more, like a little more specificity. But I think that was part of, I think that is us seeing them rush the game and be like, Hey, this is going to work. And it, it works fine. But um, that's something that I would have, maybe the HD version would have been cool to see like a, just a little more variety there. Um, Um. Wow, I feel like we've gotten to spend a lot of time talking about the Wind Waker tonight. You've been on this call for like close to two hours now. Um, I did want to offer up uh, just a moment. Like if anybody didn't get to share, there's something you wanted to share about this game. Um, Does anybody have anything that is lingering? Okay. I, I, I will say that like in thinking about how like even this time replaying it thinking like god i just wish there was more of this yeah um the realization the the uh the like be the change you want to see in the world um i realized like if i'm ever in a position where like i have created a tv show and they need to make a game out of it i was like i could just make wind waker 2 <laughs> but with my character yeah and that's what i was like Ooh. oh yeah that's what i would do like yeah. that's 100 percent what so then i started thinking about what uh a wind waker style video game would be with the characters i'm working at and the the thing i'm working on with connor right now it takes place in hell so it'd probably be a sea of fire Ooh, but Ooh, interesting. beyond that uh i was just like yeah i could just do it myself and i will one day there you go, there you go. one thing uh one thing we didn't touch on was the camera and I don't know if the camera oh, was yeah. in the GameCube version. It was, uh, yeah. It just was inverted, I think. You didn't get selfie mm. mode in the GameCube version. Yep. There's a selfie mode in the Wii. Yes. Where, like, <gasps> That's so funny. Pictures with the characters, and it's mm-hmm. just it's just a fun little thing they added. But that also, was a uh, that was a GDQ um, donation incentive where if they donated enough money, they would take a selfie with Ganon. Oh, during <laughs> the final <laughs> <Ganon> fight. <laughs> 
That's so <laughs> yeah. cool. And there's like That's a mode where you can take pictures of the characters and turn them into little clay figures, and you can yeah. put them around the them around they, the world too, which I never did, it. but sounds interesting. They made yeah. it less tedious for the game for the Wii U version. In fact, in the GameCube version, you could take a picture of someone and you wouldn't know until you brought it back to the guy if it was going to be eligible to be made into a thing. Now, okay. if you take a picture of someone, there's some sort of note. I didn't do it, but there's a notification that's like, yep, thumbs up. This one will work. Mm-hmm. And you can carry on more than three. You had to go get your film developed on the GameCube. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas now you have digital camera. So um, here I just really want to wrap up our thoughts and, and just briefly discuss the legacy of this game. This uh, We've sort of talked about, the, I'll lead us into it as well. Um, we talked about it. This game started off at a really rough footing, uh, received a lot of criticism when it was first shown, and now is like one of the most beloved games in the franchise. I know that there are, you know, having consumed so much Zelda media this year and from a lot of different outlets, a lot of different podcasts, and from a lot of different people, uh, there's still people divided. I still hear people who are like, Twilight Princess is the greatest thing that ever happened to me when Waker's garbage. And I hear the opposite of that. But seeing Toon Link just in so much now and having his own legacy, um, this this game is still really special uh, to me. And I really do love it, even though it's truly like, I mean, right now I think it's like seven out of my like 13 out of my out of on my list which is like it's in the lower half but i still really adore it mccaller i know this game is one you really love um any final thoughts on the legacy or just like how you feel that you want to wrap up today yeah i um had before i just replayed it was always it was my default answer for my favorite zelda um and i think i've played them all at this point um that's can't be true (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's a bunch of Game Boy Advance ones that nobody's played. <laughs> uh, but replaying this, I was kind of like feeling bummed. It was like the seams were showing more for me. Sure, yeah. Um, stuff like how often you're refighting enemies down in the Triforce dungeons and yes, uh, the weird removal of Zelda from the plot. Like mm-hmm. more of these things started to weigh on me, but as we're talking about it now, it's just like, uh, once we were talking about like, once Connor in this episode said, I wish I could be playing the music. I found a little YouTube video called like relaxing Legend of Zelda Wind Waker music. And I just had it on the background. Oh, nice. And this is absolutely my favorite Zelda game. Like, who am I kidding? There's, (laughs) There's so many things about it I don't like, but it's just like, this is a beautiful game. It's it's the first game where like the story is, I think really interesting. It's like yeah, a, a, a good way to like get back into the Zelda tropes. Um, it for me is the one that like, we didn't really talk about this, like the Zelda timeline, the idea that when he, when Link goes back in time and Ocarina of Time that it diverges. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Nintendo has like an official timeline of what games are in which there's they like do, three. Yeah. Um, but I kind of think about this game in the same way that like Breath of the Wild sort of says like all the Zelda games before happened and they didn't happen. They're all <laughs> yeah. folklore. They're all like, they, they are literally, literally mm-hmm. legends. And like, as like a really interesting way to play with the idea of this legend that mm. uh, we are coming from a 
timeline where something horrible happened. And to me, it's like much cleaner to just say, this is the timeline Link abandoned when he went back in time. Uh, but if it's not like, I, I think that the idea of this being this kind of like oral tradition of that a hero of time will always rise to stop the pig born. I didn't know if I was going to say pig boy or pig man. It came out pig boy on. Yeah, uh, I did. I was, I was in yeah, what, that's what you said. <laughs> uh, the, the, the idea that like a, the, the hero of time will always rise to stop the pig man and he will use Zelda to shoot light arrows with him. Yes. Uh, is such like a beautiful way of like how stories get told and how they evolve over time and how there are different details. They all like, we always know there's a boomerang, but like, how does the boomerang function? This is the mm -hmm. first game that really started to activate my like excitement about not even just storytelling, but like mythology, this idea mm. that like Ganon has become a figure of myth, both to me and to these people. And that I can like put my own stamp on that myth by finding my sword and rescuing my sister, I think is really lovely. And I, to me, it remains despite its flaws, the most beautiful and most emotional Zelda, but also mm. the most like meaty Zelda to dig into thematically. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, well, well, uh, thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll hit you back for plugs at the end, but thank you, dude. And thank you for being on this with us. Um, uh, I, I will say I did kind yeah. of bully you into being on this episode. You did successfully. <laughs> Whenever Connor would talk about games club, I'd be like, well, I, I, I'm not saying I'd be mad if I wasn't on the wind waker one, but I would be mad. <laughs> and he just like very sheepishly was like, yeah, we already made the schedule. <laughs> so uh, I am glad I got to sneak in. Um, I am too. And all it took was for Mikey Stevens to just not play the game. And uh -huh. then I was like, a caller, kid, uh, I'm putting you in. Uh, you're, you're in the lineup today, buddy. Well, thank you so much. I'm think bully me more because you're the Ganon of the episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah Actually, don't yeah. do that. It hurt my feelings. Um, uh, <laughs> Steph, this is a brand new game for you. One that um, what sounds like it was fun, but also had some struggle moments. Any final thoughts, uh, like uh, an honest thoughts from you on what you think about this game? I, I love it. I mean, is it my favorite game ever? No, but like for what it is, I think it's so charming. Um, I think that the the art style you know i think that's really its legacy mm -hmm. like Toon link that whole art style i mean is just incredible and for, I, when i hear people critique it or people who aren't fans of the game for the most part most people can agree that the art like they they nailed it <laughs> they yeah. nailed it um i do intend to finish the game and I've seen I've seen enough Zelda games played at least that I feel like this one is just refreshing. It's just so different. Yeah. Um, it's just a very refreshing take on everything. And even though it's not my style of game, I adore it. And I think that they, you know, they did a great job, especially with the remake, apparently. And I'm glad that I didn't try to play it on the GameCube. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you didn't either, but, uh, thank you so much for joining for this. Uh, it's always fun to talk to you about video games. Um, uh, Paige, what about you? This is a game you, you, as you've said, you touched on as a kid and you came back and played it, uh, at the beginning of last year. What are your final thoughts and things you want to share? Yes, I really love it. And I, you know, part of me was like, why is this one like my favorite? Is it just because I played it as a kid? Mm -hmm. But I feel like you guys reinforce, no, it's like, it's the story. The story is mm. so good. Um, and 
I really enjoy the journey. You do get this like full arc of like um, this young, relatable boy to <laughs> hero. And you feel like, yes, I earned this instead of just being like the perfect young boy that was already ready and great at everything like you do mm-hmm. feel like oh okay I earned this title I saved the day yeah. and and I do really enjoy the art style and the sailing of it I love like I think it's oh yeah like relaxing fun except for when the water things are trying to attack you (laughs) but um, and then and the music really is just pretty so I feel like you're hitting on like it's visually beautiful the music is really pretty and then the story is just great and so I feel like yeah this is my because sometimes I'm like is it my favorite and now I'm like no yeah yeah this one's my favorite (laughs) so far um it's just all around so fun I love that. Yeah, this game, as you're saying that, I'm like, this is an overused term right now, but this game has some phenomenal vibes to it. Yes. <laughs> really great vibes and aesthetic and just overall feeling. Um, yes. Um, what about you, Eddie? What are your final sort of wrap-up thoughts you want to share about Wind Waker? We nailed a bunch already. It's mm-hmm. uh, To me, it's a masterpiece. Uh, it's my third favorite Zelda behind Link to the Past and Breath of the Wild. Nice. Um, it stands on its own. It's It's fantastic. I love it. It's got phenomenal vibes. Phenomenal vibes, baby. Yeah. And I just want to hang out with it. As much know, yeah. as, heck yeah. Let's hang out with it. Let's get some drinks with it. Uh, I, uh, I've i already said like this game has dropped considerably on my list from what used to be as high as at least third, maybe even second. But I still really have a soft spot for this game in my heart. And um it just so happens to be a game in my favorite series. So it's just not at the top, but for all the reasons we've named today, even a small thing that I didn't get to, we didn't really talk about, which is personally the design of the weapons in this game. I adore (laughs) badass. It covers his, his, his arm. Um, The boomerang is sick, dude. Boomerang is tight. You get the The hammer. The hammer is like metal as hell. Um, (laughs) Like it's, it's just such a phenomenal, really phenomenal game, despite its minor flaws. But I think so much of it, too, I can end up justifying in my head as it works, whether it's because of the story or a choice made about the world. It's really great. And I, I think this is a wonderful Zelda to start someone with. Even with the, you know, it's kind of open and that can be a little tough for people sometimes. I still think it's a pretty good one and it's, it's an accessible one for the most part. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's our discussion on the legend of Zelda, the wind waker, um, for the legend of Zelda games club. I can't believe we did it. it only took us two hours and at the end of this would be like 12 minutes. Um, let's go around uh, with a round of plugs. Cause I'd love you all the plug things you want people to find and how we can support you out there. Um, Michael McCaller, my friend, what would you like to plug? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Michael McCaller. You can find me on Twitch at Michael McCaller and to subscribe to the Scary Basement podcast available on yeah. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your your dang internet radio programs. <laughs> Killer. Um, Eddie and Stephanie, what do you two want to plug in that window over there? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> uh, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter uh, at Steph underscore babies or on Twitch at Steph babies. And you can find Eddie on twitch as well with me sometimes 
at uh, Normcore. Uh, it's, yeah, it's twitch.tv slash normcore underscore gaming. That's the channel that we stream on together or just me by myself. Um, it's funny because my name's Eddie, but everyone me, calls me Norm now. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I'll almost do that, dude. Yeah, and I don't mind either way. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> normcore gaming, that's, that's where we're at on Twitter as well. So Awesome. Uh, and thank you to again for joining. And Paige, what would you like to plug today? Um, well, you can also subscribe to my podcast called yeah. This Is A Moment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your things. It's a fun pop culture podcast. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Paige Elson, P-A-I-G-E-E-L-S-O-N. I'm going to be having some fun things dropping in the fall. So make sure Ooh. to follow and keep up. <laughs> yeah killer i'm so excited to hear that yeah and everything everything that you all plug i will be sure to put in the show notes so it'll just be a click away for our listeners uh i was your host today connor mccabe you can find me on twitter and instagram if you'd like it connor underscore mccabe i'm on twitch streaming uh through um most of the games i'm talking about on this series at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69 i almost always do a sunday night at 6 p.m pacific stream um and i'll sometimes also do a friday night uh just keep up with me on social um and you'll see that uh thank you again to our patrons who support us who make this possible it is so much fun let us know in the comments of this post what are your favorite memories of this game what do you love most about wind waker what do you have to share about it um coming up next we're gonna have the legend of zelda the minish cap hosted by jeremy schmidt uh and then i'll be back for twilight princess in a month um that'll do it for this episode of the legend of zelda games club we will see you on the next one 